Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Tower of Babel podcast. As always, I'm Julian Misha. I'm joined by Daniel D'Souza Yo. and Jeremy Cozier. Hello. And this is episode 160. I know we don't often say that, but whenever it reaches a round number, it's nice to remind <laughs> everyone. This episode 160, we've been doing this for almost seven years. And we like to talk about... Seven years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jesus. And we like to talk about the latest in film and television news. Um, and that's what we're going to be doing today. We've been, we've been kind of saving it up. We did a couple special episodes. We just did our... Um, our Toby's episode, our inaugural, not inaugural, our annual Toby's episode, um, where we talked about our top uh, or our favorites from the previous year. So that was always, that was exciting and always is exciting. And so I recommend you go find that in the feed that's just, will be just below this one. Uh, we did two episodes, one for film and television, one for games. And there might be a little bit of games talking here. Just warning. See what happens. A little later at the end. Um, it's exciting. It relates to movie stuff. So I think it's, I think it's fair. Um, okay. So we'll get to that in just a second. Um, and before we do, I'll just remind everyone to follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter is back. I can just, I can finally announce to everybody. We got our Twitter back. Couldn't tell you why it went down. Couldn't tell you why it was suspended. Don't know. They wouldn't, they released the most generic message of all time. So uh, we've changed some of our settings around. Maybe that'll change it. Who knows? Anyway, it's back at Tower Biblecast on Twitter. Best place to keep up with us. And, uh, Head over to facebook.com slash Tower If you have any questions, comments, concerns, head over to towerofbabble.ca or towerofbabblepodcast.com and find everything we do as well as the contact us. You can also email us at towerofbabblepodcast at gmail.com. Okay. Oh, that's a lot <laughs> to get out of the way to get to the most important news story of the week, I think, which is that uh, Anna de Armas... And Ben Affleck have broken up. And it's really upsetting. This was just uh. for me and Jeremy. Just a moment. <laughs> just, a, just a moment to, to, to like, just think back to the, you know, the, the better days, you know? Yeah. Jeremy, did you see the hilarious picture of the, um, of the cardboard cutout in his garbage can? I know. Yeah. Like, and people said that it, it was uh, Casey Affleck uh, throwing it out for him. <laughs> disguised in the, whatever he was wearing there. That's the mask so, and that. that's so funny. Okay. We're not, that's not this. We're, yeah, we for the love of God. We're not doing, we're not doing that. But. I thought that would be a pretty funny way to kick things off. Lighten the mood, you know? <laughs> Any, <laughs> anywho, we're going to start with movies like we always do. <laughs> like we always do. And uh, we're going to talk about... Seven years. <laughs> yeah, seven years. Think about that. Let that sink in. Not, you can't even get every episode. Our feed is, only goes back 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. So you have to actually probably go to the podcast. A, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, it is. It, it is, for the. I think, for the best. It really yeah. buries the really crappy stuff. <laughs> if you really want to find it, it's available on the website, um, including our very first episode. If you if you look way way back, that's what that was the day that Nintendo announced they weren't going to E three anymore. It was like breaking news story that right. day. Yeah. So, anyways, movies. Anyways, yeah, movies like we always do. So, there's a lot of um, uh, shakeups in the movie schedule. Obviously, it has been obviously since COVID started, and that's continuing. There's like another round. It's kind of like another. Um, it's kind of like the, the, the virus had another peak. The so there's an, we're having a second wave of movie um, delays. And I'm not going to mention all of them because there's, like, there's way too many. But the biggest one is No Time to Die has moved again, the James Bond one. And the reason I think that's the biggest one is because it was kind of the first movie that was a casualty of this whole thing and had to move. It was like ready to go out. That's how we get that welcome to the ladies and gentlemen, the weekend meme. <laughs> from Daniel Craig oh, yeah. because he went out to promote the movie on SNL and the movie never came out. That's hilarious. So um, I, I just, I, this is kind of like a milestone one for me. I kind of, kind of, you check in on the see, hey, is No Time to Die still coming out? 
Okay, well, everything's on track then. So no, it's not anymore. It's now moved to October 8th, 2021, which is almost a full year from its original release date, which was my birthday last year. It's really upsetting, actually, that they moved it. I, th- I thought, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's that's kind of the, just the new story that they, there's an ongoing pandemic, obviously, and it's still affecting movie theaters. Do you guys... You know, with a um, you know a little bit of optimism, things looking up a little bit. Where, do you think chances are people will be back in movie theaters before the end of the year? Within twenty twenty one, yes. Okay, I would like to say yes. I mean, the vaccines thus far seem to be working, and things are going to slowly but surely get back on track. I, I right. think, I hope. That might be wishful thinking. I don't know. Um, I think it'll be the tail end of the year before things really get back to closer to normal. But sure, yeah. I just feel like they were willing to keep them open for a long time, so it feels like they might be willing to open up them up again a little earlier as long as because they when i went to see a movie when i see it to see tenant there was nobody within like 25 feet of me practically mm-hmm. at that movie theater now obviously that's not sustainable right but um I, I i'm optimistic i'm hoping that we'll get to movie theaters again before the end of the year dune is supposed to be at the end of the end of year that's a movie that needs to be it seen has to be in theaters and speaking of movies that need to be seen in theaters godzilla versus kong had a trailer and this is a movie that it's not, we're not going to be able to see in theaters, which I think is a real shame. Uh, it's coming to HBO Max, I think, in March. Um, Jeremy, did you, see, did you see the trailer? Yeah, I watched it. What do you, what do you think of this uh, Royal Rumble? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it looks, it looks entertaining. Uh, but uh, when, you, when you talk about, yeah, movie theaters, like, it's definitely, it kind of sucks that you have to watch it at home. Because uh, the scope of these massive monsters is, I think, would really translate through the uh, the theater experience. Well, I mean, it's just it's it's not even close. I mean, I was I was funny that this comes up. I was talking to um, my boss at work, and he used to do sales. He was in the movie industry of some kind. I don't remember. It was around tech, but basically saying it's all it's all BS because when, if you're engrossed enough in anything, you you can't tell the difference between a small screen and a big screen mm. if you're engrossed enough. But it's like. I sure, I, 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 because we've all felt that, right? Like we've all watched stuff on little screens. We don't remember what size screen we watched stuff on, generally, unless it's like it was an IMAX screen. That's memorable. Yeah. So there's a that reminds me of a funny tweet where someone tweeted that uh, when they were watching Dunkirk, mm-hmm. the way it was meant to be, and it was on the back seat of a <laughs> right uh, of a seat on a plane. Yeah. That's so funny because yeah, they, especially funny for Nolan fans because. Yeah. He, he there's something he takes the movie theater experience very seriously. Um, and speaking, of which, we'll talk about Nolan a little bit later in this episode. But Dan, what did you think of this Godzilla versus King Kong trailer? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you, Jeremy. It's this movie is clearly it's all spectacle, and it yeah. deserves to be on a big screen. These these are larger than life monsters. This is like a classic blockbuster type of movie that should be in a theater. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it yeah, it's it's a popcorn flick. I thought both in the in the latest iterations, <laughs> I thought both Godzilla and King Kong are good guys. I think this is how it worked out in, in the like the kind of yeah. old school one as well. Um, I thought there was more of a size disparity, but I guess they've just yeah. So they've apparently they they addressed this right because obviously King Godzilla's massively huge well, in the new Godzilla stuff. Like yeah, like bigger than like a city. Like it's crazy. But in this, right? Godzilla's shrunken down. It, I think the other way. You're right because they're on top think, of the. Uh, I think I've been seeing that yeah. uh, Kong has just been growing or something like that. Yeah, so they set Kong Skull Island in the '80s or '70s or whatever it was, mm. so that they gave it time for him yeah. to grow into the full size Kong wow. that he is now. And then you have a you have a movie poster where like they're they're touching his like nose and like 
their torso is like as tall or maybe half as tall as his head. And then there's an, in the trailer, you see him pointing at like the, the girl or whatever. Yeah, and his fingernails. And like she is like, his, the, well, the finger is like 20 times as big as her. Right. So it's, it's, it is, he's way bigger. It is crazy. I like, I, have you guys seen uh, King of Monsters, the sequel, like the Godzilla no, no, sequel? I haven't actually seen the first one either. I haven't. It's very pretty, but it's pretty, boring like it's like there's nothing well sure yeah. it's yeah and it's like i think the biggest indictment of a giant monster movie is that it's boring you know um i don't feel like they did a great job of of capturing this the the scale of how big those monsters are in the second one just because you're, there's so many giant monsters you start to lose perspective you know oh they're just fighting alongside on, on a mountain but it's well, like it's kind of the same you know? the challenge that the transformers movies had like yes it's a giant robot fighting another giant robot at a certain point it just becomes repetitive and it just right. becomes the same imagery over and over again there but that be said that being said watching kong punch godzilla right in the face at the end of that trailer is pretty sweet <laughs> yeah, <I guess. laughs> you know that's what be said about were you guys uh, like laughing at all during the trailer Obviously, <laughs> when, yeah, she, okay. when the guy says, when the guy says, well, anytime anyone says anything, I just <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah, it's a, uh, Kong or Godzilla's hurting people and we don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous thing to say. Anyway, you're right. It's basically anytime anyone opens their mouths in that movie, but they, they're like, I think it's intentional. They go for that, like really like over the top, like overly oh, dramatic sure, yeah. dialogue. Yeah. yeah. And it worked in the second one. There's some pretty like ridiculous moments charles dance is in the second one and he's like he's talking about like this like he's like an eco-terrorist basically and he's like super profound but it's like yeah. it's a godzilla movie bro <laughs> you know okay so paramount speaking of transformers they are moving forward with their new transformers film it's supposed to be live action um and despite people wanting or hoping that bumblebee would be like the the setup for a new transformers universe I think the rumor is that they're going to cast that one aside. It's a prequel to Bay's stuff and that they're going to start fresh with a whole new Transformers thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little but conflicted. A prequel, but it's a prequel to Bay's stuff? No, this, this, the new one will be completely separate and that Bumblebee will be considered a prequel to Bay's stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I, for me, I'm a little conflicted because, yeah, I'm excited that they're going to probably take a more traditional approach to Transformers. Maybe nothing quite as... Um, over the top is that anime, CG anime stuff that's mm-hmm. been going on on Netflix. Although, I wouldn't be surprised if it's that different and those character, those same characters are all involved. I mean, they kind of took the core cast of the G1 series. Well, it's likely going to be this that same core group. Right. It like, always is. You know, you don't want to see like a Maximals versus Predacons mm. movie. And well, it's, it's maybe, maybe. I mean, I'd be open to it. I actually don't care too much about Transformers, but <laughs> <laughs> so I don't really have much of an opinion either way. I don't think that's funny. I just I feel like I'm getting more into the lore of it. There's a lot of lore in Transformers stuff that's been like that's exciting, like how Beasties or Beast Wars, depending yeah. on where you were, is like set far future um, in the G1 timeline of the of everything. It's like there's a lot of different series that like fit together in different ways, and I don't know. I think it's fascinating. Like when characters can be updated with new designs all the time because new vehicles come out. That's all fun. Uh, but then the classic stuff always survives. So I think that's what's going to happen here. The classic stuff is going to be what they concentrate on again. They'll probably take a more traditional design approach, less the kind of like million gears and parts turning inside of... So you think we're going back to like Optimus as like the semi-truck, the red Absolutely, blue. yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You have to differentiate what's what's kind of come before, I think. And I think you'll you'll like because there was classic characters right in the original 
of Michael Bay stuff, right? Um, but they didn't look anything like they did in like the cartoons, right? Bumblebee is the core example. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, a very understandable <laughs> yeah, change. I, I suppose. I think. I suppose. Did you remember what I think Bumblebee it would sell like? a lot more toys too? He looks like well, he looks more like a like a like a beetle. He's got like little horns on his head and he's completely yellow. And yeah, he's a he, well, yeah, because the, the car itself. Right. Um, it's so funny. But yeah, so like obviously that's an that's a core example. But there's like a lot of the like Megatron, for instance, for instance, I don't think is a memorable look like the Megatron's actual design in the original Transformers Michael Bay movie is kind of forgettable, yeah. generic, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So I think you want to get more of those core classic designs, big giant gun on the arm. That's really kind of stuff you're looking for for Megatron, right? Um, and, uh, and, and more and probably more of it too, because he wasn't really in much in, in any of the movies. <laughs> and that might be because the voice actor wasn't that excited about doing a lot of that work. You go weaving. Um, but that's okay. Um, so I don't know. I, I would like to see like sound shockwave and like all that kind of stuff sure, done in a more sure. traditional way. So that, that, that's what I'm guessing is going to happen. So we'll see. Um, I'll, I'll probably watch it. I'll give, I'll, let's put it this way. They burned a lot of bridges. Transformers did, but I'm willing to give a, a reboot a chance, you know, that because Michael Bay is not involved, as long as he stays very far away, you know, probably for the best. Okay. Um, I, I put this this story in here just because I think it it's it just tickles me. We can move on pretty quick. Seth MacFarlane wants to remake the Naked Gun with Liam Neeson in the lead role. It's brilliant. <laughs> it's it's insane, brilliant. Yeah. It's like it, it's 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 so wrong. It shouldn't work. It reminds me of the the skit he does in about in the yeah life's too short. <laughs> right. Yeah. Liam Neeson does play like a really good straight man for this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, I can see it. it. It makes a lot of sense. Like he's not a traditionally he's not a, a comedian. Right. You know, he's not a comic actor, no. but at but the same time, he could sell that. that neither role. was uh, Leslie Nielsen, apparently, before he went to the Naked Gun. He was a serious drama mm -hmm. actor. And then, of course, Leslie Nielsen has obviously amazing comedic timing. Don't get me wrong. Sure. Right? Yeah. But, um, but in the Naked Gun, he plays the straight man and crazy stuff is happening all around him. Right. Right? So I think you could do the same thing. That would be... I, and like I think that's a series that could use like sure I, I would the original still be there you can always watch it but if a new version bring it to the to the young folks you know sure I'm into it same yeah. thing with airplane make a new airplane that'd be hilarious you know uh, Jeremy what do you think of that idea Yeah it sounds funny I'm like kind of giggling and just thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> Okay um, so Netflix has surpassed 200 million subscribers and took in 6.6 .6 billion dollars in revenue in Q4 last year. Um, this is coming off, this news comes off the tail of their, around the same time as their release of their 2021 film slate, where they're basically pitching us that there's going to be a new exciting movie for everyone every week for every the next, week. for the, yeah. And it's pretty crazy how big it is. Like let's, there's a Western in here, Dan. <laughs> like that's how far they're going. Uh, only one sci-fi movie Yeah, though. I did notice that. That's kind of, you think that they're the, the 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 algorithm would be pointing people like to more sci-fi, but maybe that's my bubble. I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Uh, just to be clear, we're reading off a Variety article that has like a list of all the movies mm -hmm. that are going to be coming out. It, it's quite a few. We're not going to read the entire. List. <laughs> Absolutely not. That <laughs> <laughs> they're just words at this point. I like, mean, also like it's a lot, but nothing Munich, I guess, stands out. Nothing else is really standing out to me. Like, if you want to keep strolling, I just okay. Let's go to the drama section. 
There's like some of these are unnamed movies too, which is really weird because like they're coming out this year. I don't know how that you. That's can get one thing to this that point. Netflix is good for though. Yeah. Like you can find those hidden gems. I, I think that's what they call it actually on their their search page. Oh really? Hidden gems or something like that. Um, but yeah, like it's it's quantity over quality for the most part. But there are quality shows in there. You just kind of have to dig around a bit. Moxie and now that interests me. Thunder Force. I don't know what that is, but I'll I'll give it a shot. Nightbooks <laughs> for the whole fa- that one's for the whole family and musicals too. And The Rock is obviously involved. So uh, the point being here, um, hold like, wait, what? Extraction is Netflix's most original, <laughs> most viewed original film? <laughs> that doesn't make, that's crazy. I'm sorry, I just, re- I just reeled that's my whole right. story to find, there's a whole new story underneath. What movie is that? It's, I think it's, Lee, um, not Liam Neeson, it's, uh, hold on. Please hold. <laughs> Exciting radio. Word. This is the a black market mercenary who has nothing to lose is hired to rescue the kidnapped son of an imprisoned international crime lord. But in the murky underworld of weapons dealers and drug traffickers, an already deadly mission approaches the impossible. Directed by Sam Hargrave. Stars Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. And this is a Joe and Russo, a Joe and Anthony Russo picture. They're producers on the film. So, you know, generic action movie. We're talking just like... That is the most generic Absolutely, yeah. action movie you can get. It's just a guy in a helicopter and the word extraction. It could mean anything. Just <laughs> if you want to flip back to that page though, like the data is kind of weird. It says that 99 million views for that movie, but that's people who have watched at least two minutes of it. So it's not necessarily right. a great indicator of whether or not it's a popular that's a good movie. Point. That's a good point. And why who would ever who would ever judge of whether or not you watched a movie by using well, the two minute line? Not, it's, yeah. it's definitely not a good movie. Yeah, it can't be. Yeah. Well, we don't know that. It might it's, be a good movie. It's, it's the star power. It's yeah. the availability of it. It's well, it, that's probably a movie that is designed by an algorithm, right? That, yeah. That's most likely to be right. This is the this is the, it. Might as well be called the Green Zone Two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in the Green you Zone, the Green Zone so often. I feel like <laughs> yeah, I, because the, because Green Zone for me is the quintessential generic action movie. I remember elements of it, but I don't remember any specifics. I just remember just kind of this like it fits into this generic time in my, in in when like the oh, shaky cam action movie was like the rage, right? right? And um, I think it just no. I don't know how many people think of the green the green zone, zone killed it. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Okay, wait. So seventy percent of the film completed. Bird box. Bird box. So that eighty million. Okay. Yeah, that makes that makes more sense. You see, Extraction is not on that list with the 70% completed. <laughs> they just stopped watching it. Interesting. Irishman is on there. Yeah, 40 Haven't million. seen Bird Box. Mm. I I'm impressed have... that that many people made it more than 70% through Irishman. That's a long-ass <laughs> movie. A, yeah, that's a good... <laughs> but that doesn't mean they didn't stop at 70%. Yeah. They just they got to 70 and they just stopped there. Like, this is too long. They I, got to 70% I, and they had to have a meal. They forgot to continue watching the movie. They think they got to the end. Oh man, this is why you need to bring um, like full on like intermission breaks into into these movies. Like they need to have like, hey, take Those twenty, ones, yeah. take some, take some time, go have some food, come back. There's going to be another part to this, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, Netflix is doing really, really well, um, and I think it's a net, pardon the pun, it's a net positive. <laughs> Um, because it's gonna, it creates really strong competition amongst the streaming services to create. Here's the now. This is the, where the question is: Is it more more content or better content? Well, they certainly look at it as more content, primarily. Well, but the good content is what keeps people ideally, and what draws yes. people. Ideally, yes, right? but actually, no. I think it is the good content gets people in, and then lots of content content keeps people around. Because 
you might not watch half of those, maybe not even a quarter, but you like knowing it's there, you know? Yeah, you like having the yeah. option. <laughs> Marcos in the chat, always good to see Marcos here. <laughs> 70% then overnight intermission for exactly. me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that movie, I remember thinking like, man, this movie is long. It is, it is. It, it's not, it's obvious. Okay. Um, do, 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 do. Where were we? Netflix. Okay. John Wick 4 and 5 will be shooting back to back. And they are hoping to start filming this year, according to Ian McShane. Dan, is the most shocking part of the story that there's four, a fourth and fifth I'm, movie oh, no, in the, no, in the not works? Not at all. That's not shocking at all. I'm not, I'm not surprised. They look like badass movies. I'm just, I haven't yet forced myself to go but watch th- them. This isn't one of those situations where like we're telling you this is a movie. No, no, no. I believe watch. everywhere. I believe they look okay. like amazing movies. Okay. And I, I'm sure that, I'm certain actually that I'll enjoy This them. isn't a looper situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is there a new looper? Do we have a new looper? At the, I don't think we do. I think we. I don't think we I don't do. Think we it's do. probably anything yeah. Star Wars at this point. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Listen, if you don't like it, don't watch it, I guess. I don't know. Um, okay. Uh, Mortal Kombat. You guys are got Hell really yeah. excited about Hell this. Yeah. There was... We were... Oof. The director is like, get ready. There's going to be some exciting stuff coming. And then he no, released... No, no, no. It was, it was an actor. He just, <laughs> oh, okay, he just like tweeted... He said something like... Uh, Tomorrow will be flawless or something like that. Right. And then and they then, a bunch of images. We all still, kind of well, it was artic- well, it was an article. Did you guys read the article? No. No. I, no. Jeremy, no. no. You just oh, shared okay. the pictures. You didn't share the article. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, we were I all trust expecting you to keep up though. with this. I expect you guys to keep up with this stuff. I keep up with everything else. Mm-mm. I just rely on you guys for like um, Mortal Kombat and like Interstellar or something. <laughs> Weird. No, Expanse. That's what I'm thinking. Expanse, yeah. which we oh. will be Dude, talking this, about later. This movie is going to be a very fun movie. Yeah. Like, even if it's cheesy, I feel like I feel like it, it's going to be a good time. I want it to be cheesy. Like, I hope it's, I hope I it think is it could be cheesy. either or though. Well, I, I mean, it's, it has to be a little bit over the top. Yeah. Regardless, I think. I want it. Just to, to really nail it. I want it to hit the same level of cheese that <laughs> that Cobra Kai hits, <clears throat> which is actually the perfect balance of cheese. And it takes it takes itself super seriously, but in the context of the larger world, it still can be seen as like this is a little silly, you know? So Mortal Kombat shouldn't be like that. It should be taken a bit more yeah, seriously no. than that. Like it's not a comedy at the end of the day. It's not it's not <laughs> it's not a parody either. It's well, an actual, you know, story about people who go to a fighting tournament. Cobra Kai is it's a parody. Just, it's just badass no, people, yeah, going to attorney. Cobra Kai no, With Cobra Kai is not a parody either. It's it, the way that this one is filmed, it certainly seems like it. Mm, it's it's mm, like winking it's at it. Anyways, it's not. I, whatever. But Mortal Kombat shouldn't be like that. Um either way though, the, the, these these images that they released are perfect to me as a Mortal Kombat fan. Like most exciting was the picture of Jackson. It looks like he's he's uh wrestling with Shang, uh, with uh, Shao Kahn's hammer. That's exciting. Yeah. We don't know yet what the timeline is, right? Is it, we don't know if it's like the first tournament or if they're doing something new. It's for sure the first tournament. You would assume so, but I don't know. I don't know anything it's the, about it's the only story they tell over and over and over again. And we have this the small glimpse of Sub Zero uh creating the the ice sword. Right. As well. Wait, there is there it's the ice sword it's or is it on ice sword, okay yeah. i wasn't sure if it was like a special well it's 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 one of his um his intros in one of the games as he like he creates the sword in front of his face mm. and that same imagery was recreated for the, the and there stills. was a gif i think for that one. but then right bef- yeah and then right before that you see like I, i'm guessing a scorpion like wield like a real sword mm. it's like a, a super small glimpse like right. it was just the images and then they had like an hbo like sizzle reel or HBO Max is a real, and they included 
that little bit of Sub-Zero creating the sword and uh, and then Scorpion holding the sword. Mm. But like you don't see his face or anything. Yeah. So it's not a lot to go off of. It's just a couple images. But it, I mean, either way. No, but Didn't I you mean, dis- Jax looks pretty pretty good. Did you not decipher who the, who it was based on that one image? Yeah, but that, that was just <laughs> distinguishing which Sub-Zero because as you'll all know. Everyone there's, knows. There's yeah. two Sub-Zeros. The, right. the older brother, young, younger brother. Bihan right? and, and Kwai Liang. Kwai Liang is <laughs> yeah. everyone, so this, everyone knows. This Sub-Zero is the first, <laughs> which likely means that it is the first tournament because it's the first. It's Bihan as Sub-Zero. Right. He doesn't have a scar. Which and we know this because... What you know? You, sorry, you like. I think I think the Sub Zero does have the scar, though, doesn't he? Does he? In this movie? It didn't look like it in the image. I believe so. Well, there's another image where he's wrestling, <laughs> like out of their ninja it's clothes. It's almost like we need more information about this movie. Yeah. Well, that's that's so funny. We, well, we but there's so much speculation based off of these still these still images. Obviously, you guys are yeah, super I mean, excited. This I was great. pausing every frame of like the the gif what, or whatever frame to, of to, the like, gif. Try to make out <laughs> to try to like piece together right. his uh, face mask. Because like that's like a super well, yeah. Obviously, like, you want to see that is. yeah, and it looks like super cool just from the, the the little glimpse we get. Like it looks very detailed. Uh, like they put a lot of effort into it because the the first couple of movies, the effort into those things was was yeah, not existent. Yeah. No, I mean there there's some charm in the yeah. cheesy costumes. Well, to be fair, low, much lower <laughs> budget back then. <laughs> yeah. Um, does Scorpion say get over here in this movie? It has to a hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Guaranteed. All right. Dude, we're getting fatalities for the first time, um, like real ones, like over the top right. ones, and they they've pulled some, they've picked some uh, from the game. Like, do you think too. it's gonna be like how so, gory? Do you think we're talking in this? Like, do you think it's like it's like this is crazy? Like, this is gonna be known for how yeah, gory it this, is. This movie is gonna live up to to what Mortal Kombat means. Which is like, gore. When you think of that. Yeah. yeah, blood, the violence, everything. Yeah. That's basically what sold it originally too, which is crazy. So that that would be kind of cool. It goes full circle there. And it comes get, maybe maybe people say you shouldn't watch it; it's too gory. And then there's like a whole no, 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 no. It, it won't be as extreme as the games, <laughs> no, but, but it, it'll be more like the games for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Anything left on Mortal Kombat, or is we still waiting for the trailer? Need more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait for that trailer. <laughs> I'll get to my veins. They say. Okay. Um, Creed three will be directed by Michael B. Jordan. Did we talk about this? I feel like we might have talked like about this. Have, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's that's happening. That's an old one. So I'm just gonna get that out of there. Just gonna delete that. Oh, here's this is interesting. And this goes off of um something I was gonna mention later, which is the fact that I watched Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie. And I gotta say, really fun, quite charming of a film. And um apparently Knuckles is gonna appear in Sonic 2. So that's exciting, right? Dan, you like Knuckles. You like Sonic and Knuckles, right? Come on. Sure. <laughs> I, I like I them all as a kid. I, I I haven't seen the latest Sonic movie. Mm-hmm. It's not something that excites me. It's not a movie that's made for me. Is it Knuckles or Tails? Uh, Tails appears in the post-credit scene of the original movie. I didn't want to spoil that. No, but, I just did. But I just did. Just did. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. You did. Um, it, the movie's from last summer and it's been widely discussed the, the tails it's, thing now. it's whatever um but anyway uh yeah so they've they've they already set up that tails is looking for sonic so i guess knuckles will appear to create the little trio no one knows any character after that though those are the only characters that i'm aware of in the sonic lore so that probably does it right there, there were like later ones there were there was um well, the Shadow Sonic, right? And like some of the TV shows, there's that that white animal one. If they get to, if there's that Bat Lady, yeah. I don't um, if they get to, uh, if they get to Shadow, I'll tell you what, I'm back in. <laughs> you, I was, I, I was, I haven't been out, but I mean, maybe, maybe two, maybe I'm out after two. But they get to Shadow, I'm back in for sure. 
There's nothing. There's no way you don't want to go shadow. And he's on a surfboard for some reason on a city street for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, don't know and, 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 and Jim Carrey's back. Probably. Probably. I think you have to get Jim Carrey back for that. He seemed re- genuinely excited about that role for some reason. He, he was good in it. I'll give him that. Really creepy. Uh, anyway, so that's, <laughs> that's that. Um, okay, so let's get on to some Disney stuff. Um, and Marvel and, and, and Star Wars and all that. So Feige, Kevin Feige, reveals that with the start of Phase 4, with the release of WandaVision, that it's, it's going to be all about beginnings, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. and it uh, will not feature an Avengers movie, though the Avengers will return, quote-unquote, at some point. So um, what do you guys make of that? Well, I mean, I think they've been clear about wanting to focus more on like the small screen iterations of these stories mm-hmm. um it's, it's weird i mean like I, I think what that means though is that they, they won't call it an avengers movie there will still be large team-up movies well yeah it just won't be avengers that's the 5, new that's you know? the new normal right right so i mean there's still going to be the exact same thing it's just uh, the nomenclature is changing that's what i read into that well i mean i i don't know i think avengers has its own trappings they, it's about the group coming together around one singular cause i think you can have team-ups that don't feel as grand as the Avengers team up does, does, right? I think it's about the grandeur there with the Avengers movies. Sure. Right. So you think that there's going to be some like big team up movie that's just not Avengers? Yeah. yeah. Guardians, maybe? Or I don't know. Maybe well, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Doctor Strange probably is going gonna, is gonna to feel like a, like a Civil War type moment. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wanda's, uh, you know, rumored to be the, the villain in that movie. Um, yeah, or at least just a big part. So yeah, yeah. I mean, like that like, makes sense. Yeah, we'll talk about Wandavision. I think a little bit later. I think we've all we're all up to date with Wandavision. We don't want to spoil it, so we'll save it for closer to the end uh, when we get to kind of what we've been watching. But um, I've been really liking it, and what they're setting up Wanda for is really exciting. I'll just say that for now. Save our speculation for a little bit later. Um, so Chris Evans is rumored, reportedly returning to the MCU as Captain America. After publicly saying he was done, this is all mm-hmm. over, yada, yada, yada. I mean, who knows what's what? It's all, it could all, they lied to us about the movie, like, about stuff all the time. For our own benefit, they would argue, but whatever. Um, Chris Evans on Twitter says, hey, you know, it's news to me, shrug emoji. Also doesn't necessarily mean anything. Here's the problem. They created <laughs> a, um, a web of lies. Now you can't trust anything that they say, you know? So, you know, it's, it's all rumor, but I think it's, it's likely that we'll be seeing Chris Evans return as Cap. Um, what do you guys make of that? Is that is that excite you at all or disappoint you, Jeremy? Uh, I think I've been pretty vocal on how I I've I've said that I believe that RDJ and Chris Evans would always come back. Mm-hmm. I just thought it would be at least like a few years, uh, <laughs> right. like five, yeah, like even five five six years mm-hmm. uh, if they really want to. Uh, like make a splash well, people's minds yeah. basically yeah uh but i think with all the announcements all the tv shows all the content you look at some of the names like secret invasion uh and how that such a a large scale type event in the comics but they're just kind of utilizing that in a small space there but can definitely set up for bigger things too uh i just think that it'd be really cool if if they have some sort of way to to tie everything back to these to those original Avengers and, and make them relevant again. Uh, well, 
So I'm, I'm all for it. If it, I, and I think they wouldn't do it. Chris Evans wouldn't sign up for it. He's been very vocal about that. Mm-hmm. It, it has to make sense. Mm-hmm. It has to pay off. He doesn't want to ruin what they, what they accomplished from Iron Man to, to end game. So that's, I think that's, that's a great answer, Jeremy. I, but there, and I'm just kind of, this is just occurring to me now, this idea that maybe it is the TV stuff that is more exciting to Chris Evans because it allows you to explore the character in a less superficial way, you know? Um, mm. And I think WandaVision is a great example. You know, we're getting to kind of, through a lens, see the Wanda and Vision relationship in a more, you know, close up, you know, in a way that maybe there's five minutes of screen time for them in all the Avengers movies together, you know, maybe <laughs> that might be generous, uh, you know, of them together. So that gives you, provides you the opportunity to tell a very different type of story. Maybe Chris Evans is like, Hey, I have a specific kind of cap story that needs longer form storytelling than, than a Captain America movie can provide. And maybe that's, what's exciting him. I don't know. What do you think about Cap coming back? Well, I mean, it depends on what you mean by coming back. Like, I I've, I feel like we've heard similar rumors uh, about Josh Brolin coming back as Thanos, but largely a lot of that stuff is um, tying into like time travel and, and multiverse, multiverse and, and like so it's an iteration of a character. It's not like there's going to be another Thanos centric villain movie. Right. It's that Thanos is going to make appearances. Um. Now it's different for for Chris Evans because he was completely out. Yeah, he was done. Done. So for him to choose to come back means that it is probably more Captain America centric mm-hmm. in in the form of potentially a show. But we'll see what happens with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Right? It really depends on how that I, show plays I, out. Yeah, I think that'll give us most of the answers. And the thing that's really fascinating about the timing here is that of the story is that we should have been about the time when that series would be wrapping up. So that was supposed to be the original. Um, well, I guess maybe that was actually last year. It's hard to say exactly when, but either way. Uh, Captain America, Winter, Winter Soldier, you know, whatever. Um, Falcon, Winter Soldier, um, would be ending right about now. We'd kind of have a little bit more answers around this, and then maybe this was supposed to coincide with maybe some sort of revelation that we were supposed to be getting at the end of that show. Um, that we, because like if you're gonna if you're gonna announce Cap coming back, that you know that seems like an appropriate place to do it. You know, so we'll see. Um, one of the things that I find really interesting, uh, I, it was kind of a uh, on a side, but it's related to to something we'll discuss later. But just basically, these these MCU shows, they keep talking about them like don't think of them as TV stuff. It's they're just as big as the movies. <clears throat> Everything is just as big. And we like there's something like there's way more effect shots in Wandavision apparently than there was in Avengers Endgame, which is hard to believe. You well, know? you look at the like what's the budget? Like I'm pretty sure Wandavision is like it's like I think it's bigger than uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, like they put like. Yeah, they're putting a lot into that. Well, and there's so much that we haven't seen of that show yet, so it's hard to that's yeah. hard to say. I, but I, you just you look at Falcon Winter Soldier; it's just much more traditional, um, you know. MC when you think MCU, that's you think that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the, like the actions there, these characters that we know. So I don't know. Um, the the book or the chapter of MCU on television has yet to be written. You know, so we're just getting started here. It's really hard to take any learnings yet uh, after only three episodes of, of WandaVision. So, you know, we'll just kind of keep an eye on it. I would never, I would never ever be shocked to see a comic book character return from the dead. So, you know, like, like that's just not like there's when you attach the actors playing them and choosing to return to the roles, that kind of adds a layer to it. That's interesting. But ultimately like, man, 
There's no rules in comic books. You oh, can do anything you want. You're, you're returning from the dead. Maybe you're a long lost clone. Maybe somebody who had a twin the whole time. Right. Maybe they're, they're from another universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Literally another. It, uh, uh, maybe they're a scroll. You know, like it, it keeps going. That was the joke, by the way, that when he said it's news to me that IGN tweeted scroll confirmed. Oh. <laughs> Which I think is fun. I like the idea that we can kind of start speculating about who's scrolls and who's not because we know Secret Invasion's coming. And we know they're going to set up some of that kind of like, yeah. you know, gotcha. They're a scroll the whole time, which is which is exciting. Um, but Kevin Feige talks about, yeah, no, we can't just, we can't do it at the same scale we did it on the on the big screen or um, in the comic books even. So um, for that specific that storyline specifically, so they're shrinking it down into what Nick Fury's doing, <laughs> I guess. Um, okay, so there is a R-rated Deadpool three on the way. It's coming to the MCU. This is also confirmed by Kevin Feige. He's been out in the in the press lately, obviously. Yeah. Um, and uh, the and Ryan Reynolds is currently overseeing the script. Uh, we just, so we don't know when release the release date is yet, but um, pretty exciting. They're calling it again. They specifically called it Deadpool three. Um, they said it's in the MCU. So it's like what? It, like there's there's kind of some like keywords dropped here. Yeah. There's there's four pieces of good news there. It's <laughs> right. R rated. It's right. Deadpool. It's Deadpool three. It is part of the MCU, and Ryan Reynolds is still involved. Yeah, which is it's that's really the triple quadruple whammy that you're looking for. I mean, although I could do without the having to be in the MCU, you could kind of like finish the story uh, that's without. Almost it. like the most important one for me. Like that is what's most intriguing about this is how are they going to fit Deadpool into the MCU? I guess I, to me, it's like he's the easiest one. You just address it straight up, and you just and you kind of like just call it out. And that then you only can just works move on. for the Deadpool movie. That doesn't work for the rest of the MCU. Yeah, that's true. But I think. Uh, you know, depending on how WandaVision turns out, that won't necessarily yeah, we'll be an see. issue. Um, we'll get to that. Jeremy, what, are you, what do you make about Deadpool 3 coming to the MCU? Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I mean, rumored for a long time. And then there was even recent stories where Ryan Reynolds was uh, inking a deal that was like, you know, one of the biggest ones since since RDJ. So mm -hmm. they're, um, they're, you know, backing up the, uh, the Brinks trucks to his house and... <laughs> he's, he's gonna he's gonna deliver man I mean, van wilder has come a long way you know yeah. he was in a lot of duds remember he was in r.i.p.d <laughs> <laughs> oh man um jason telford also in the chat good to see a friend of the show uh he says wouldn't that show be the most likely place for chris evans to show up i think he's talking about um uh, Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah that, I think that is the most I don't know. like I get the impression from that show that that show is like end game and then moving forward that show's not going to go back in time whereas a lot of the other stuff is playing around with time. Right. And, and it, well, I guess the speculation made, if he was coming back you could reintroduce well, like, him there back, or at back. least tease him in there. But like for me I think that does a lot of work to undercut I think what the show is trying to do which is talk about and deal with the legacy of of the Captain America and his shield. And if you bring him back in that same series it's like it would, be, it would be very comic book to do that. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it, it's one of the, the 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 criticisms of comic book storytelling is that it's so cyclical that it's hard that like permanent things like death feel less important. So you have to start writing around that stuff. Um, and so like this change to the characters having to deal with his loss, it was undone within the same season. Kind of feels cheap. I think just because he shows on the show doesn't mean the loss is necessarily undone though. It's it's right. in what capacity, right? You don't know. But I'm just saying it, it, it would be. It makes sense, but it also doesn't make sense at the same yeah. time in my in my mind. Um, okay, <clears throat> Matt Damon has apparently been cast in Thor: uh, Love and Thunder. He did, if you guys recall, he did play uh, uh, an Asgardian in uh, Thor: Ragnarok. 
Yeah, but that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> he was like that actor playing Loki. And that's so funny. Like he keeps Matt Damon keeps popping up in like the funniest places in this stuff. And I like, I don't know if he just gets a kick out of just like making cameos in these and just Probably. like being that guy. It's Matt Damon. Cause there's a while for like, you know, Matt Damon would just show up in your movie at the end for some reason. Interstellar, speaking of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, you know, I that's pretty funny. I don't know if maybe what are the chances he is playing the same character? They like got, the act, they, this random Asgardian actor guy. They have to be slim to none, right? <laughs> the chances of that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Well, why not? I mean, no, but okay, fine. Maybe he is. It's it be, be he can be for another is. huge comedic moment. Well, I think Matt Damon, yeah, I mean, if he was just doing a cameo, I don't think it would be revealed that he was signing on. Mm-hmm. It were a big deal. Um, if he's signing on as an actual, you know, he's going to have an actual role in the film it's less likely that he's playing the same character. Also, there's not a lot of Asgardians left alive, you know, after, after Ragnarok. Maybe and it the, is the same character. It's still a Thor yeah. movie, right? You don't yeah. know anything about that character. He was acting at that point. Maybe he, you know, he Who has knows? other right. stuff going on. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't know. The idea of Matt Damon being in a Taiko ITT Thor movie is kind of silly to me and I'm, I'm into it. Uh, okay. Seeking of the opposite of silly. Uh, speaking of silly, let's talk about the opposite. I don't know. <laughs> Um, oh man, <laughs> Ethan Hawke. He's a very serious actor. Sure, yeah. Um, he's set to play the villain in Marvel's Moon Knight series. So, which already has Oscar Isaac set to play Moon Knight. Um, Ethan Hawke, outspoken against the superhero movies. He's he's kind has of he, he, he has been in the past. Um, so, I mean, basically, we just need to get Scorsese to film a, a, star, a superhero movie, and you got kind of like the whole main cast of all the the haters out there just getting back, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> on the party. Um, Ethan Hawke is a very good actor. So, and and for someone to be um, vocally outspoken against the idea of this of how the superhero thing is kind of taking over Hollywood, but willing to be like, okay, I'll do it. It has to be something super interesting, right? Like that's that's yeah, yeah. that's what interests me on this. Is like he's not just he's not just selling out. He's selling out for something important. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes. Something yeah. in the script speaks to him and, and, and it's worth his time or he just needs a paycheck. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah, that's a good point. Um, you never know, but unfortunately no one knows any of Moon Knight's villains, so we can't speculate <laughs> on who it might be. Um, just one of the, the, you know, it's kind of nice actually when you get like to, to these kind of the C tier heroes the stories that they tell are pulling from comics, but they're like new to me, you know? Right. So that's like, yeah. I'm okay with that. Cause like, you know, I've seen the Batman Joker thing a lot, but like a, you know, a, a calendar man movie, give me that hook it, hook it up to my, give that put it right here, know. right in the veins. <laughs> um, okay. Loki season two is reportedly already in development. We haven't even had season one yet. Uh, that trailer is super interesting. We thought it was probably the most interesting part of that entire uh, yeah, thing. It was very surprising that trailer. Um, so they obviously feel very strongly about it and they're bringing a season two forward. I think the best part of this is that we get, um, I can't remember who's the actor who plays Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. We just get him to continue playing Loki. It's like, perfect. That's great. Just It's like Mark Hamill's Joker. Like the longer we can keep that running, you know, the better. There might be some, you know, hits and misses in there, you know, a couple misses, but overall, I think it's, it'd be like just one of those iconic film roles. I think um, goes down as like one of the great villains in, in movie history, probably. Um, and, and Loki's the kind of character that he could play forever. Like Loki doesn't right. have to be defined by looking at any certain way. Really, he could do anything. Yeah. So, 
That being said, any actor could pick up the role of Loki and still fill the role. Sure, Loki could be any. Yeah, but you could. Yeah, I get. You could say that about the Joker stuff too. But it's like yeah. you know. Um, so, onto the one Star Wars bit. Then there's only one Star Wars bit. So you can't even be that upset. Okay, I'm not upset. Um, Alan Tudyk, uh, love Alan Tudyk. Great actor, uh, great character actor. Reveals that he will not be appearing as K2SO in the Andor series. I know you guys are all disappointed to hear that. I know you'd be all disappointed to hear that. And the reason this is a story, because you're like, <laughs> this is dumb. Why are we talking about this? The reason I'm bringing this up is because he was brought on stage when the Andor series was announced while up there with Diego Luna. As being like, hey, we're going to show these characters before the events of Rogue One when they die. Sure. You know, spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it it reveals to me that unless the stories drastically change, and by the way, there's a, a line on here where he says um, that there that there's lot there's plans for the character apparently. Um, so that maybe Andor won't be just a one season show anymore. That maybe they're stretching it out to maybe two seasons so they can bring in like a K two S O and others more draw it more closely into Rogue One or something. Um, that's the only re- my speculation on that because. He was a fan favorite character. It would be weird to like that would be the place to bring him back. And if you don't bring him back there, like what was right. even the point? Yeah. You know. So I know you guys are excited because if it's Andor news, which is like oh the yeah. worst of all of them, it means we get another season of that show. <laughs> you don't even you haven't even seen the show yet. It's not even done, mate. You're not even you're just writing it off. It's not even fair. Give it a chance, Dan. Give it a chance. It might suck. It might suck, but it, give it a chance. Did, have you seen some of the the featurettes on it? I have. It looked like they're taking the like it looks like sets it, it looks like it. Yeah, it looks like it's they're putting a lot of effort into this one. Yeah. So, I mean, I think they any of the stuff that's kind of set within the kind of original trilogy era, they take a lot of care into the the look and feel of it at least. So it at least look good. Um, and I know maybe people didn't care about Diego Luna's character and or in uh, in a rogue in Rogue One, um, but I, I like to think of it more as like this is the the rebellion spy show and less about like this is about Diego Luna's yeah. like everyday life, right. you know. Okay, so Warner Brothers news. Jeremy, get you know, um, get your lozenges out or whatever, because uh, I'm going to be turning to you a bit here. Um, lozenges, eh? <laughs> I only say that because my my throat is getting dry. <laughs> and I, I'm so jealous of of the idea of you having lozenges. If you have any, <laughs> please. I I don't. Okay, okay. So Zack Snyder reveals that his Justice League will be a four hour movie after all. Um, and not huh. a four-part miniseries. <laughs> so just adding to the confusion, I'm sure you're going to tell me that this was announced a long time ago, but this is something that uh, seemed to be oh, a I think it's, I, think it's re- I think it's relatively recent. I think, yeah, somebody somebody asked a question in one of the comments sections on the Vero, and he said, yeah, it's going to be just a movie, I guess. Hmm. So that, that goes against what they said before, right? Which they said it was going to be split into four parts. I'm yeah. wondering. Well, they were like it was initially. It was like they were playing with the idea of of kind of doing both, and then I guess over the last I don't know three four weeks, they shifted that to yeah confirm that it's a four hour movie. And so, which you know, hearing this, Jeremy, what do you like? What do you make of that? Uh, to be honest, I'm actually kind of disappointed with it. Um, I I but. I, I just think the the delivery method that way and the hype machine, mm-hmm. uh, I just think it's more exciting that way. Um, but either way, to finally get this thing and to be, you know, full on his vision, you know, and then some and, you know, no restrictions whatsoever. And it's just this four hour epic. 
uh, I'm still very much down for that. Sure. I, I, part of me is like, I like the idea of splitting into four one hour or whatever one hour parts because it created a new um, artistic constraint or challenge that Zack Snyder had to, you know, it's like he can't just, you know, stop a movie at one hour mark and then start up again, right? He had to think about how that would fit. And maybe he tried that and it didn't work. But I like the idea of creating that constraint because I think it's been proven with almost any director. If you give them complete freedom to do anything, the movie can be as long as you want, put anything you want in there. It often doesn't turn out um, in the way that, you know, that that people always like. It, it's often people prefer the more constrained versions of even Spielberg with um, Ready Player One is a great example. It's like, you know, let's let's just, you know, when you when you put the T-Rex in the dark, maybe that worked a little bit better than, you know, a T-Rex stomping on a, you know, hover car or whatever. Um, so it's a long way of saying, are you worried that this like creates this problem? Like this just, just becomes too long of a movie to be even like have it honest discussion about kind of um, compared to other films? Uh, no, not really. I just think um, he's kind of known like his visions or you, his best work are usually his director's cut, the more lengthy mm-hmm. uh, takes. And I think with, all the players and pieces involved. I think, I think four hours is actually pretty good when you really think about <laughs> I guess. what's what's being what's being introduced here, and you know the different levels of every storyline and thread. Uh, so sure, I don't know, I'm just no matter what, I'm, like I'm I'm still super excited. It's just I was into the the four hour mm-hmm. uh, mini series type uh, feel to it, and then it, the possibility of that being like. Uh, extended for for the sequel and then filmed in that way right. uh, was very appealing to me to have this this uh, this high level you know thing kind of exist mm-hmm. in in that way. Dan, what do you what do you make of this? Well, I think it's probably for the best. <clears throat> the The thing is, it is a movie at the end of the day. It's designed to be a movie, not to be broken up into four parts. Right? That would have been them going out of their way to apply new work to it for right. for good for good reasons. And I think that would have been a really interesting way to experience this. But ultimately, this is designed to be a movie. So if it's a continuous viewing, I think that makes more sense to me. Now, four hours is a long time. It's, it's a really long. Like that's what I mean. Like is this like the one exception to you know movie? Like this movie's too long. That's a, this is a criticism we have of a lot of movies, right? And often it's it's full of a bunch of stuff that maybe didn't necessarily need to be in there. This is like, hey, yeah, maybe he could have made a five-hour version, but if if his like cut-down version is still four hours, that seems like that's a long time, you know? But that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I just, I'm just super excited to, like, we know, like, we've basically seen, you know, the, the, I don't know, the bones of this movie, right. like, or something like that. We have an like idea that. of the structure, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of, but the, even then, that could be totally different, but all we know is that we had some of these characters set up, you know, in the movie before, and obviously, you know, one in particular is Superman, the first one. And this one is just introducing so many more, uh, like a lot of Aquaman stuff is in here. This, cause this was made before, uh, his solo film. Right. So Mera, Volko, they're all in it. You have all the wonder woman stuff. You have flash being introduced, uh, cyborg and major, major player in terms of the, the story and the mother boxes and whatnot. Um, it's just I'm just so excited to see the way it was intended to be and how Batman is is bringing this team together. Uh, and yeah, well, I just I like know. I don't know if that's even fair. Like, is it was he intending to release a four hour movie in theaters? Like, there's no way that that was going to be his original vision, right? 
Like this is still different. No, it was. It, he has he has five and a half, I think five and a half hours of is his like yeah, so this his, is all of his footage. This is back to when he was like, Oh, well, I wanted to make two movies, and then he just made two movies and he just shot it all in in, in the in one movie and he basically just like lied to the one brothers <laughs> about his plan. I don't know if that I don't know if that happened. <laughs> well, I mean, like you remember he said <laughs> like, we're getting that information. Well, we talked about this where he was basically like, um, he was originally planning it for two movies. And the studio said, yeah, but that, but that's this. No, the studio was. Okay, so, that was the common place, right? Harry Potter uh, was, or no, was it Harry Potter? Or was Harry Potter running uh, at the end? Harry yeah, Potter Harry Potter, Potter Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the common thing, but it was beginning to show that, like you know, studios were just getting greedy. They were trying to expand, you know, as much as they could well, from the. I IP. don't know if it's fair to say um, it's not like, hey, Zach, you want to make a six-hour movie? Why don't we just make two movies? Like, I don't know if that's <laughs> like that's that bold of a a thing to say. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just think that that was the case, uh, right? They went, they went along with that, and then they decided to change all that up, right? They wanted to completely scrap everything, essentially, and they did. Yeah, I don't and know. They I, reshot eighty percent of the movie, so I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, it, I don't know what you're really. Well, I don't know. I'm just, it's like at. it seems like it, it, it seems like a whole new beast. A, a four-hour film is a whole new thing to me like that's it's like you're you're getting outside of the movie category into like something else <laughs> like at, at four hours but i don't know um okay so dc films president walter hamada signed an extension to his contract he'll be the head of the branch of warner brothers not a studio necessarily um until at least 2023 this comes around the same time that it was announced that ray fisher is no longer gonna be part of the flash film and that he doesn't want to work with walter hamada so Jeremy, can you give us the kind of the the Cliff's Notes version of this? What's the take? What's the takeaway here? Yeah, it just seems to be uh, obviously a major disagreement with the with the studio, Walter Mata and Ray Fisher. But the studio have they've already planned so much and give so much to to Walter. He's basically like the the Kathleen Kennedy or mm-hmm. the Kevin Feige of you know all that Warner Brothers. Uh, stuff and it's particularly the DC stuff. So they've already set all their motions, their plans in motion. Um, so you know it shows that they're they're sticking with them, sticking by side, regardless of how uh, whatever the investigation concluded or or what it hasn't. Uh, and Ray Fisher's stance is is still of that Walter Mata enabled uh, the whatever happened on uh, you know after the filming and like tried to cover some of that up so i guess that's kind of where they all they're all at right now well that seems like a big mess um I, yeah it just it, the whole thing is it's unfortunate because it just casts a shadow over what they're trying to do creatively right um it sounds like a little bit like a lame duck coach situation sometimes in sports you know coach on his last year of his contract um, regardless of whether or not you plan to fire him um, next year or not, you might extend him a year or two um, just for the optics of it. Um, I, I'm not necessarily saying that that's saying that necessarily saying that's what hap- what's happening here, but that is a kind of thing that people think about is like, hey, if you got a head of a studio with only you know less than a year left on his contract, you know, what's the, how can you plan long term if you don't have certainty at at the the kind of the head level? So. I think that's probably more what it was about. Even if they're planning a change, they can keep Walter there um, as a transitionary, at least um, through a period. Again, not assuming that he's leaving or anything, but 
that's something that's sometimes done in that, no. in that way. Yeah, all we know is that he's he's really heading this initiative of the multiverse, right? And uh, it still looks like Marvel's going to beat DC to the punch, but you know, Walter came out on that DC fandom mm-hmm. and, and spoke with Greg Berlanti and all that stuff, and and really just tried to lay out like what what the continuity of the DC universe means and and uh, the possibilities of that. So we still need to see that Flashpoint movie and and all the and all that stuff that's kind of under his. Uh, control. This, the I Flash guess. movie is just in internal uh, Hollywood jail. Like it's just like <laughs> can't get off the ground. There's like constant like now script problems. Now you can't get stars on board. It's well, like, I think they're they're definitely like starting to film pretty soon. I think it's 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 definitely like it's it's in the process. So they're planning on shooting and then but there's news now that that the that cyborg's not going to be in it so that implies that they need to Yeah, really so shoot. then there was rumors that there was like multiple multiple scripts that would have yeah. cyborg or not or or this character or that character so it's you know that's kind of a weird yeah. a weird thing to plan out yeah. but uh but then Ray Fisher confirmed that yeah he was in I guess a particular version and then since his stance they just said okay I guess if that's how you feel right uh, yeah. just go our separate ways and Right. And the and the kind of the drama for now until we get a book or something at some point. Um Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily over. I think there there's still there's still some stuff to come out, I think. But yeah, I don't know. It's definitely a, a unfortunate yeah, thing. It's just like, man, that sucks. <laughs> like the whole thing, everything about it. Um so uh Warner Brothers um have appointed a new executive, Tom Ashim, I think I'm saying that correctly. Ashheim, Ash, I don't know, um, to oversee and expand the Harry Potter franchise. I mentioned this to Dan earlier. And there is a live action Harry Potter series in the works, HBO Max. We have no details on it. But I turn to you guys being have, having more experience with Harry Potter. What could that be? How that do we, you know that? Well, I just, I just know that. <laughs> I, just, I just know. We've talked about this enough. I know. Um, what... What could that be? What does a live-action HBO series to you mean? What would excite you? Um, are there stories that excite you, or is it, are you kind of over Harry well, Potter? Well, sure. I mean, if it's called Harry Potter, you'd have to assume that he, the titular character, is involved, and it's not just set in the world, right? Well, I guess. I mean, you could call it the wizarding world of something, but like at some Maybe. point, that's the brand name, you know? Well, to a degree, but I mean, the Fantastic Beast movies are not called Harry Potter movies. Right, but they're in the same world, but I, they're de- deliberately not called Harry Potter movies. Regardless, what I would think, though, is... If it's if it's a sequel to the movies, then the simplest answer is obviously Harry and Ron as Aurors working, mm-hmm. and then whatever the new threat is, you know there haven't been books written about that, so they get to make up a story there. Right. Um, but I mean the the world is is itself is is rich enough that you could tell you know uh, side stories and eventually build it up. But I think what it sounds like is they want to build a Harry Potter cinematic universe. And eventually get to those other I mean, schools. You could argue that they already have with the with the Fantastic. Maybe that's movies. what that that's that's the intent there as well. Right. But I don't think it has the same kind of traction that an MCU does. No, and I think a part of the reason those Fantastic. DC? Well, apparently they're not good movies, so that's part of it. But also that they're like they're pretty weird and they're not that they're not that good, um, and they like they lack the the core audience that was the Harry Potter fans aren't going out to see those movies. And you know the mm-hmm. there's a why is that there's a, again it could be just that they're bad. <laughs> um, but or that like that we need those main characters for people to be engaged. Um, I like the idea of a you know for using television as a format, right? And you can play around with that. I like the idea of a high school show set in Hogwarts. You know, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see a legacy legacy show where I'm, they do like their doesn't kids have to be. The, it doesn't Hogwarts, have to be their kids. You know? It could be set at any time period. It could be set like in the twenties or the whatever. Whenever I don't even know when Fantastic yeah. Beasts is set. I think it's around the twenties. I suppose you could do that, but that that's essentially what Harry Potter is. It's a story about them growing up and going through school. You know, like right? It's, it's, could argue that it could have been better told as a as a series, maybe. You know, sure, absolutely, it could have. But. Right. So it's an it's an opportunity. Some people are saying, well, what may, maybe they're thinking of remaking the entire all the books as a series. That's. Uh, it seems like too soon, doesn't it? Even though it's like for Hollywood, maybe not. <laughs> I don't think it's too soon, but that that's a huge task. That's 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 right. an audacious. It's like, goal. hey, we're gonna. I mean, hey, everyone's looking for that. Like, where's their Game of Thrones? Where's your Mandalorian? You need something for your streaming service, like a weekly um, Harry Potter show. Scott Legs, yeah. Come like, on, that's not a bad idea, right? I'd watch it. I'd watch it. I'd probably watch it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeremy, what what would get you to the to subscribe to HBO Max if it was for Harry Potter anyway. Besides, obviously, Justice League. <laughs> okay, wait, what? What's We're talking about what, what <laughs> Harry Potter idea, what could they do with television that would excite you? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, like I'm a fan of the world, the look, the, you know, the magic, all that stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it'd be, yeah, I think that the high school idea is kind of, is kind of where I'd go at with it. You could do like it could be fun to do with like James and Lily's high school experience. You could have like young Severus. That would Harry's be parents. That would be pretty cool. Right? That you, would be you really get, cool. You get Tom Riddle in there. That would be super. It would kind of be like Riverdale. I feel like in that way. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like kind of, it would still so just more Harry, serious, Harry Potter's right? parents. Yeah. Basically, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Could be. I don't know. And it sounds like that's sort of like the Riverdale is probably the tone they're going to want to go for with Harry Potter too. So maybe, maybe. Um, Marcos mentions, please don't make it about the cursed child. I don't know. About the cursed child, does what's the what's the thinking there? That's like a book she wrote like way after, yeah. I think, but it's like somewhat of a sequel or something. I don't know. It, no, it's a, isn't it a stage play? I think it's a stage play that she wrote. Yeah, that sounds um, right. And then she releases a book later, for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, but apparently, it's not very good. I, there's there's been a J.K. Rowling has a lot of drama around her just generally right now. But um, the kind of sentiment I've been hearing is that. A lot of her later work isn't as, as strong as her earlier work, and that um, they would hope that if they're doing this kind of stuff, that they, you know they could kind of make it a little bit more independently from her. But it is her f- series franchise, so it's like you know she you would want her to be involved with the show. She created the world; she needs to be a consultant on the show. Well, consultant, sure, but maybe not at the story level. Maybe yeah, more yeah. at the kind of the world level. Um, okay. Um, this is mostly rumor, but it's probably true. Due in part to the handling of the tenant release. What was that? That was a piece of this pen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, due in part to the uh, the way that Warner Brothers handled the tenant release, Chris Nolan is unlikely to return to Warner Brothers for his next picture. He apparently is disappointed by the studio's hybrid release strategy. This comes back to what we were talking about earlier. He takes the film going experience very seriously. Um, doesn't feel happy about the way Tenant was released. I don't know if there was a right answer for what Warner Brothers was doing there. Um, I think ultimately, if he really wanted to maintain integrity of the film, he would have just held on to it until yeah, theaters reopened. That's the only alternative. Right? So he, instead, he wanted the movie out, um, or the studio wanted the movie out. Either way, um, he's not happy with how things went. This would be one of the biggest you know, director-studio breakups in you know, a really long time. Um, you know, when when kind of Spielberg originally kind of took off from from Warner Brothers for a little while. So, um, you know, 
it's pretty big news. <laughs> I think that would be like that would be the big get. Which who gets who's the next like studio to sure. to land the the Nolan movie? That'd be pretty exciting. I mean, um, especially if you can get it on your streaming service. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, what do you think of this? Again, mostly rumor at this point, but still. Yeah, I guess he's if he's unhappy, it's he's gonna have to do what he wants to do. I guess. I mean, he's he's made a bunch of movies with them, um, but I don't know. It just he's going to make movies. They're going to go to another streaming service. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see, you say yeah, you don't I see don't he, he can escape the streaming service thing. Like he's, that's what he's running away from. But there's yeah, no I think that's him. really, I think that's really at the bottom of all this, but, and like, and just, yeah, he, he wasn't, he wasn't made aware of it. And that that's, that's going to suck. I feel like right. when, when you've built a relationship with that, with the company and, and they just, decide you know without even without any input right you know what they're going to change do their strategy. with your with your art yeah i mean i guess i understand that at that at that core level but at the same time it's like the, the global pandemic like what's the right decision to make i don't know maybe chris nolan was saying hold it hold it hold it we don't know but there does mm, seem to be a little bit yeah. of like hindsight being 2020 there chris like you know um yeah your movie didn't make a bunch of money like you expected it to but it also released it in the worst possible time so I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is there. Ultimately, for a ever, average everyday movie going citizen, I don't think it really matters where Chris, Chris, Chris Nolan, Nolan is, makes his movie. He's the type of director that he can kind of yeah, write his, his own checks. Like he, his he can name, go wherever he wants. His name brings the people butts in the seats. Like I'm not right? saying Warner Brothers can't do that. Like they obviously had a good working relationship, but he's going to be fine. He'll find work. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I mean, sorry, I got distracted. Marco says a show about the Marauders. I assume talking about Harry Potter still. What is the answer? What are the Marauders? Do you know what the Marauders are? It's been a while. I don't remember the Mar- Marauders. Uh, Jeremy? <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> okay. All right, Marcus, let us know. We'll come We'll come back. We'll come back to that. Um, okay. Um, well, I think... That, yeah, anyways. <laughs> Joe Kinnaman says that the Suicide Squad movie that he's in, the, the Suicide Squad movie, uh, will be the biggest budget R-rated movie that's ever been made. That says E-rated on here, but it's not rated E for everyone. It's rated R. Um, the biggest budget R-rated movie ever made. That's a pretty ballsy, it's a pretty bold statement, I guess, but I mean, inflation what it is. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, R-rated movies typically aren't large budget, right? right? Like, they're, they're typically a lower budget because uh, I guess they're dealing with different type of, of subject material and they don't need to rely so much on, on CG and stuff like that, uh, again, historically. Right. So... But this one obviously, obviously will. Like all he's saying is this movie is going to be hyper violent, hyper sexualized. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I can't wait. This movie is going to be sweet. Like this is like the like this is the R rated um, version of Gal- of Guardians of the Galaxy, basically that we're getting. It you know f- in a way, right? It's an unhinged version of James Gunn just letting loose. I think that's kind of fun, regardless of the how it makes sense about you know how it fits into the other Suicide Squad movie or not. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Don't ask those questions. Um, okay, so Marcos gave us an answer here. So it's about Harry's dad yeah. and his boys, uh, Sirius Black, Remus Lupin, James Potter, Peter Pettigrew. I don't yeah. know. Do you- this like, yeah, I forgot the name. I guess it's yeah, Padfoot Prongs. What? Uh, they're, they're all nicknames because they all have like an animal uh, version. <laughs> oh, of themselves. Right, But right, like right. that was yeah, the Harry Harry's dad and his crew is is what he's saying. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, yeah, I'd be into that too. Actually, like I said. Set it in the world and we'll be fine with it, basically. <laughs> worm tongue, padfoot prongs, worm tongue, and the other one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got it. Um, okay. Jeremy, any thoughts on uh, 
the Suicide Squad being this massive R-rated movie that we kind of already knew that, but yeah, I definitely already knew this, so it yeah, nothing's nothing, changed. Nothing new there. You're like, yep, I'm into no. I'm into it. Um, here's the something that's you know a little bit more depressing. Warner Brothers is looking at Tom Holland or Timothy Chalamet to play a young Willy Wonka in their prequel movie called Wonka, which seems like the least inspired choices of all time, right? Who's hot? Who's the young hot actor right now? Get me them. Get me the ch- get me the Chalamet. Yeah, <laughs> everything now. The Chalamet. Give me the what's that? Uh, what's that French guy's and everything now? Give me the Chalamet. Give me that yeah. guy. You know, um, I first of all don't want a Willy Wonka prequel movie. Don't need it. And <laughs> like I know we said like what do we, like do we don't need what what do you mean do you need a movie? This is a, this is a perfect example yeah, of a no, movie I, you don't need. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> What, what what if you ever wondered about Willy Wonka's origin? Like, who cares? I think Willy Wonka as a character well, he's a weird shouldn't guy, have I mean. an origin. Like, he he's kind of like the Joker, his the, the mystique around the character. Right. He's he's sort of like a like a cosmic force. He you know he doesn't need an origin well, story. It's the better. The Joker that way. had an origin story, you know, and the Joker had millions of origin stories, but there. they're not official, right? Like the Joker <laughs> right. as a character, he's here's more the, mythological. Here's the stupid thing, though. What's going to happen is it's going to be about a young Willy Wonka interacting with a different kind of version of Willy Wonka, like a, a, something that has to fit that like mentor role is going to be there. So it's going to be like the predecessor to Willy Wonka. It was like, there was another guy that was just like him. That's what exactly so. what it would be like. So. Absolutely. You know, I, I think, I think you go a different route. You, you make a, a movie about him creating Self-made. the factory and like, like choosing to create chocolate and stuff a different way and choosing Maybe. to emphasize kids having fun as opposed to profits and all that kind of stuff. Like you could have him discovering that side of himself and creating Maybe. the factory. Or maybe there's like a, so maybe they do like an inverted version of Willy Wonka. It's like, it's like he was his boss and he, t- he taught him all the wrong lessons. Maybe he learned yeah. not to do or whatever. I don't know. Either way, I don't want to, even though we just, just talked about possibilities, I don't want to yeah, see it. Whatever. Not a movie I care about. <laughs> I don't care. Um, <clears throat> okay. So the biggest thing that happened in DC since our last main show was that Wonder Woman 1984 came out. So I just wanted to take a quick second, give her a quick thoughts on it. Um, it's been a while. It's been a basically about a month um, to a day. It's been a month to the day since that movie came out. Um, so we talked a little bit of it about it a little bit more in depth in our last Call of Duty stream. And I'm not expecting anyone to go back no, and listen to ridiculous. that. No. But if you want to, it is there. It is there. So um, and I couldn't even tell you where in the stream. It's like it's somewhere in the first quarter of it. <laughs> right. So, I beg you not to go. <laughs> no one's right. Anyway, which is why we're to, which is why we're going to talk about it here yeah, again okay. because that we, that's not a, that's not a, a realistic expectation. Right. Right. So um, there was a lot of drama around this movie. Um, I think let's talk about just our overall thoughts of what we what we liked, what we didn't like about the movie. Just overall, um, you know, take it for what it is. And then we can talk about kind of what it could have been or or, or where it went wrong um, afterwards. Does that work? Just to be clear, though, like that that'll have to include spoilers. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's be prepared for that. Yeah, well, and there's a there's a couple more things in terms of news that we have to talk about, but not a lot. Um, so you can feel free to skip forward ahead. There should be some TV news as well. So, Wonder Woman 1984. Um, it is a movie that I was very, very, very excited about. I think it has one of the best trailers. We talked about this all the time. One of the best trailers ever made. It's so good. Yeah. One of the and so the, lots of lots of hype going into this. So one. much. I, and like Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman was great. We all liked it. We was like, mm, third act might have had some problems, but overall, good, fun movie, right? Um, yeah. And then we come into this, and it's it's kind of a big mess. It's it's too long. It's tonally all over the place. 
Um, total, very totally different from the first yeah, one. To, exactly. Yeah. Wide tonal shift from the from the first movie for sure. Um, it looks different. You know, like there's a lot. There's a lot of weird stuff. I liked a lot of stuff in this movie. For the record, I enjoyed a lot of elements of it. But it, as a whole, taken as a as a as a co- one quote unquote cohesive piece, it it doesn't. I don't think work, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, especially the again the the kind of the like the back half of the movie is just so drastically different than seemingly the rest of the movie. It's weird. Um, but anyway, I, what did, Dan? What did you think of Wonder Woman? You haven't really talked about it in a public setting yet. Yeah, I've been trying to avoid it. Honestly, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not to be too negative. Uh, there are things I liked about it. The performances are great. Like the actors involved are good. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, they're not the problem. The, I think the script is the problem. The way it's shot is the, the, the pacing. The CG, everything else about it is, is a problem. Like this movie so is, a, funny. is not good, guys. Yeah. I, I couldn't yeah. like. No, I think I think we're all in a in hundred percent agreement here. I it wasn't is. as down on the CG as you oh, guys were. Man. I never did, no, did not like, bug me. Uh, as well. This movie's like surprisingly bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, yeah. the, some of the choices well, they make about like whole, it's like baffling. You're like that. You guys, all, all the things you could do, you do, you chose to do that. Interesting. Okay. I gotta send you a video. Of someone like kind of highlighted some of the some of those. <laughs> Those baffling moments, yeah. and like the guy like plays like Patty Jenkins like quotes over top oh, of no. it, and she's talking about like the pre renders when people are seeing it and how they don't think it looks good and and all this stuff, and then like it's just funny seeing the fi- the finished product, right. especially with all the delays and all the time and right. I how think- we thought it would just be we thought it would just be so polished, um, yeah, but yeah, like I I. I no complaint with the with the actors, the characters, right? Like they're all they're all yeah, fantastic. Pedro Pascal like, is having a great time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, everyone's super good. It just the payoffs are 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 just they're just not there, especially with Cheetah. Yeah, uh, you know, terrible payoff in my opinion. Uh, also looked bad, which I thought they were going to surprise us. Right. You know, with 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 the look, uh, but was very disappointed with that. Uh, yeah, and just the, the setup of of having this like fun '80s action movie just wasn't enough action. The action that was there was was <laughs> I don't know. It just it just didn't feel good. It didn't didn't look right. right. Um, and then everyone's trying to say that they they're going for this Richard Donner Superman, you know, type feel. Uh, but yeah, I just I don't think it translated uh, quite fully there. I don't think that's what they were going. If that's what they were going for, it wasn't successful. Like I can see where they were trying to, especially with the flight scene, um, like that that kind of that very bright, um, hopeful kind of tone. But yeah, that, they're definitely they were pretty vocal that they're they're trying to kind of capture some of that. And again, I'm not uh, even opposed to that tone being used sure. with Wonder Woman. Like I think that, that I think fits, that fits. Yeah. I think um, like that. It's not the it's the it's not the tone that gets me. It's it, it's it's this like. These these character decisions that that seem to like regress the character constantly, and it 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 makes no sense. The movie makes no sense most of the time. I think that's a big that's a big problem. And like even Who do we blame here. <laughs> even if you even if you just like it's like without getting into spoilers, like the core conceit. If, if you buy the core conceit, you can be like, okay, whatever. Then like anything can happen. But. Um, their the decision to bring this is not a, it was in the trailer the decision to bring Chris Pine back is you know like if you're gonna do that like tell an interesting story there's no interesting story told not at with all. that like why would you and it's it it just serves as like an annoyance for for Wonder Woman it it doesn't really it, she, help it, her character he really. teaches her all the wrong lessons until well she's learning all the wrong lessons until he has to like explicitly say to her 
no, you're being stupid. Like I think, unfortunately, most of the characters in that movie, up to and including Wonder Woman, are are pretty superficial characters. There's not a lot of yeah. character, like there's not a lot of depth. There's not a lot of growth out of these characters within the, the movie itself. Um, as much as the actors are doing their best, they're not. I, I feel like they weren't given enough uh, of a script. Like um, Pedro Pascal and his relationship with the child is, is a side note at best. Like, right. that, that you're supposed to have that's supposed to have emotional resonance, and it absolutely doesn't. There's no, <laughs> I don't buy it whatsoever. Right? Well, I mean, yeah. but it's not Pedro Pascal's fault. It's just it. given. It's just given like the they, shortest. They shift. have like three yeah. scenes, and they're, they're all superficial scenes. And then even yeah, Wonder Woman. <laughs> he and Chris hears Pine. him talking about him outside the 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 office, and you just see his head get up and walk yeah. away what a crazy idea <laughs> like this like i i don't know um just, well, okay so let's extremely disappointing let's just be extremely <laughs> disappointing is there anything you liked about wonder woman 1984 before we get into spoilers um, here i liked when the credits started <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah no i like the, the I, I think it can't be understated enough but like the chemistry with the actors sure i yeah. feel like was the only thing saving this thing for me mm-hmm. i mean I just enjoyed seeing them, you know, in, in these roles mm-hmm. again for some, new for some. Uh, but yeah, it's just the script was just a huge letdown, uh, especially coming out that first movie uh, and how everyone was kind of, you know, unanimously, you know, this is, you know, a fresh, yeah. you know, movie or whatever. So I think the first uh, half of this movie, maybe a quarter of this movie is really entertaining. Like. The the prequel or the prequel the like flashback to her as a kid um, and the race sequence I think is exciting yeah, fun. Um, and fun I think the 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 scene in the mall when he's she's taking out those robbers the mall scene is really cool yes right like that's that's kind of that kind of stuff is cool and I'm not a fan of that mall well, scene <laughs> <laughs> and I think I know why but to, to me scene. the mall scene was overly cheesy like deliberately so right. and I thought that that was like a mislead I thought it was like trying to set up a false tone for the movie mm. and like you know, kind of trick the audience because it's the opening of the movie and you get comfortable. Like I think you said it in one of our other podcasts or maybe on a stream, Jeremy, like that mall scene was like commando, right? <laughs> I think I brought a commando. Okay. I think Julian, Julian did it. Well, yeah. well we're referencing mall scenes and how fun and, right. and exciting they can be. I, I mean, what was memorable about this mall scene? You know what I mean? Like, tell me. Like, uh, I guess her flipping her tiara so around. For, but, <laughs> it, it, for me, it wasn't about the, the scene. It's more about the tone that it started the movie off with. Because in my mind, I was like, okay, sweet. We're going to start here and then it's going to get dark and then something's going to happen and it's going to get real. And I don't feel right. like that other shoe ever dropped in the movie. I also was like, even if they wanted to go with like a cheesy 80s vibe, I was, I was like into that. Like, okay, this movie's set in the 80s. Let's do a cheesy 80s thing. But they didn't even use like 80s music. They don't use any like that sweet synth that they used in the in the in the the trailer is gone. It's absent from this entire film. Um, <laughs> like it's a, that is another crazy like the lack of good music in this movie is baffling to me. There's so much good '80s music you could pull from, um, and it's not like the the rights are that expensive. So whatever. So um, we get a we get a beautiful lie somewhere in the in the movie there too at the the end, <laughs> which is from uh, BVS, <laughs> right? On Simmer's score for Batman. Um, well, I mean, this is kind of a, like, speaking of, of like Hans Zimmer's scores, Wonder Woman's score from Batman vs. Superman is like iconic at this point. You know, you know what I'm saying? Where's that? Like, where, you, know, you guys know what I'm saying? Uh, it was in there. Like, but it, it wasn't memorable. Like, there's nothing, they didn't bring anything new to that that like made it exciting or and in, in, in refreshing. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's a, the movie is overall disappointing. You mentioned the script. Let's get into to spoilers here. Full warning. Uh, for spoilers, feel free to skip ahead. Um, 
Let's talk about the script. There's a reason that we're all kind of, you know, beating around the bush, I guess, a little bit here. Jeff Johns has his fingerprints all over this script. Um, yeah, and, he wrote it. And there's a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of speculation ever since basically Green Lantern that, you know, He's not, um, he, you know, the, he's not good at this, <laughs> the, the, the script, the like screenwriting stuff. And, and what? people are like, he's not, not giving him a chance. He hasn't had the right, you know, opportunities, stuff like that. And, but, you know, it seems like at this point we might be able to draw a conclusion at least somewhat. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's just such a, a, a weird, a weird unfolding of events, like mm-hmm. from his, his, you know, uh, legendary, uh, you know, run in the comics uh especially on green lantern writing it for nine years uh multiple major events basically just being the writer of of that generation you know um he was leading the creative charge at at dc at the time right i mean yeah so uh and then just with the with Zack snyder you know doing man of steel with you know on the heels of of christopher nolan the dark knight trilogy uh, and where they're going with that Warner Brothers and who who they have, um, he kind of came in there, you know, at a, at a moment in time when the MCU was very successful, mm-hmm. and he he had his pitch to bring a similar tone, a similar vibe, similar energy to recreate, you know, what Marvel's doing right. uh, cinematically, uh, and that included Jeff Johns, you know, typical kind of classic takes on these characters that include the hope and optimism and and all that all that jazz so he's been he's been you know hard at work uh you know he worked out with shazam i believe and Mm -hmm. aquaman latter half of wonder woman all of wonder woman 2 and yeah i think we're just we're starting to see he might not have the uh the chops here Mm -hmm. for for full creative control over how these stories play out there is an interesting documentary to be made about the hundred percent about the 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 saga of the dc films and how they were influenced by what marvel was doing and and like the ifs and buts and what could have been you know there's so many like you know i feel like there's some pivotal moments along the way like if a decision had made been made differently here here and here things could have been very you know very different um for sure and like they're not made in a vacuum and it's, it's so fascinating because it seems to mirror like the, the comic book history too. Like the, mm. this has been going on on the, the pages for forever, right? This, like this back and forth about, you know um, you know, who's on top, you know, Batman and Spider-Man and like all this different stuff and borrowing, obviously like Hawkeye and green arrow and all this kind of back and forth borrowing and, and stealing in some cases and the, the talent going back and forth. And it's like that happening in the, on the film side, I think is, is like, it's like we're no lessons learned, here, you know, um, which is unfortunate, I think. Um, so overall thoughts, I guess, if you guys can sp- now able to spoil Wonder Woman 84, um, what's the kind of the, the, <laughs> the, is there one thing that you can point to like, this is why it doesn't work? You mentioned that the, the kind of never, it never gets serious. Um, for me, it's like they, they don't explore this, I, this like, wishing idea in an interesting way it's like you can do anything you want and they chose to build a wall in the middle of the middle east it seems so tone deaf to me like i don't you know like i understand you need to set up um whatever what country is uh black adam from Kondak. Kondak. i think that's what they're setting up there right but like 
I don't. I think you could just like you don't have to. You don't have to write an explanation at all. There's just another country there. You just write, well, like you no, know. I'm what I mean? fine with. I'm fine with that. <laughs> it's just like he didn't seem to be using the power in any sort of cool way ever. It was just like it was about manipulating people, but not even like really investing into that. Like it was just people giving right. him what he wanted the entire right. movie. There were no real stakes. Wouldn't you wish for that? And exactly. he says like over that, it's like, it's like okay, you have another line? Give me something else here. Um, I So I watched a movie called uh, Wishmaster. It's from 1993 <laughs> or whatever. But earlier in the year, like w- w- like well before Wonder Woman 84, and it like became like oddly similar to what they were trying to do with Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Woman 1984. But that movie did it more in an interesting way because it actually took this idea of twisting someone's wish, right? That monkey's paw right. situation, but they don't, they don't follow through in, in Wonder Woman. Like in, in, let me put it this way in Wishmaster. At one point, a guy wishes, he says something along the lines, like, um, it'd have to go through me or something. And I'd love to see that. Or I wish I could see that. And, uh, he turns into a door and then he like crashes through him. It's real and terrible CG. Sure. Right. But it's like, that might be stupid, but at least it's inventive, you know? And this is like, what was, this is the best question I think that, I think that capitalizes this. Um, cheetah, what was her wish? To be like Wonder Woman. And what did she give up? She got turned into a fucking cheetah. And, and I, what did she give up? Um, Cause everyone had to give up something, right? Yeah. Like what was the downside? I guess the idea is that she got like aggressive. She got like, mean. She yeah, just became like, mean. That's so stupid. <laughs> you know, like, well, maybe what she had to give up is her humanity. Cause she turned into an animal. Oh, right? maybe. Like, I think and that's then, the way to look at it. But like, and then Wonder Woman had to give up her powers, but also only kind of, I guess, like only enough for that the movie could still happen. And I, I, I don't know. I, it, it, <laughs> Jeremy, help me out here. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't think we ever even really figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no way to figure it out. I mean, that's probably a good point too. Like it's just like un- another unfortunate kind of mess of a DC movie. I, I will say. Um, we, we've mentioned the performances before. That was that was the saving grace, like you said, Jeremy. I think Kristen Wiig did a great yeah. job mm-hmm. um, in this oh, role yeah, as a dramatic sure. actor, you know, someone that we're not used to seeing in this really. type of role. So she was great. Again, she just wasn't given the right stuff to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's not her fault. Yeah. Well, it's the uh, the Pierce Brosnan, James Bond movies all over Maybe, again. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on from Wonder Woman. There's a couple of things I want to touch on in Game of Thrones world. One of them being the fact that it's been 10 years since the last Game of Thrones book has been released. Um, 2021, it's meant to come out. Winds of winter. Oh, yeah? That's what he said. Like, this time for real. <laughs> yeah. The, he's finally coming back with those smokes or whatever he went to the store with? Or Well, I mean, it, it's been wishy-washy before, but this was at, like this is pre-pandemic, he said, 2021. Mm-hmm. And he said that since pandemic, he's been he's got nothing but time. Concerted. Well, no, he's got a lot of other projects. George Martin <laughs> right. has tons of other projects going on. Um but this is one of his major ones. So I'm really hoping that that book does drop this year. Uh, the last book in the Expanse series is also meant to drop this year. So that'd be great. Uh, the last book. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Lots of it. But this isn't even supposed to be the last book. So the, this is the second pres- presumably last the second last. There could even be an eighth, but who knows? Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Um, HBO is looking to develop a prequel series on Robert's Rebellion because Game of Thrones will always be around now. Um, so... They, at one point, they talked about how they didn't want to make a Robert's Rebellion prequel because it was too close to the original series, um, and it, it it was something that they kind of explored and not not necessarily flashback, but um, through dialogue and, and and stuff in the original series. Right? It was always talked about. There's obviously a lot of story there, but it felt like there was too close to what they were already doing or too sim- in, t- in the timeline. So they're kind of backpedaling on that a little bit. Um, they're the 
looking to, not no guarantees. They've been looking to develop a bunch of sequels, and they have basically. They remember at one point they had like a bunch of competing pitches. Well, no, I right? think that's. I think we're just we're seeing uh, those trees bear fruit, right? Like, well, one was already one, canceled, right? But this is one of those pitches. At one point, there were four active and like six that were potential pitches, right? right? I remember, like, yeah. So um, we always kind of assumed, like people, not just us, that that Robert's Rebellion would be. That's like the natural choice for for one of those. I guess uh, series. Um, we had said that it would be the most boring. I don't know that any official HBO statement ever said that. Maybe I'm confusing. Our I remember. I remember HBO thinking stands. like, well, like the whole thing. <laughs> the reason Game of Thrones, is, one of the reasons Game of Thrones is successful, is the 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 mystique around the past. You know, if we go and have a series where we explore definitively well, what happened, it kind of takes away some of that mystique. Well, that that's what we were saying back then. Well, that also, and you know what, ha- the, we know the outcomes of the major characters. Well, sure, yeah. Right? As it's the same thing with the Star Wars prequels. Like, right, exactly. Same exactly. With any prequel, you kind of fall into, unless you go far back enough, right? The, the you know, the, the Old Republic sure. stuff in Star Wars is a good example. You go back a thousand years, you can tell any story you want because... Who cares? And that right. was the plan. The original, the original <laughs> spinoff series for for Game of Thrones was meant to be a couple thousand years prior, right? And that was the long night. That seemed that was fascinating because then it could be anything, right? Right. I think maybe there. This is one of those situations where, like, we we're talking about Harry Potter. Like, there's there's something about the main story that is what is the product. And if you try to venture too far away from it, maybe that the people aren't there. Yep. So this is like, hey, we'll we'll just we'll just kind of give them what they want. It just seems like the like the just it too easy. Just you know? remember that this is one of the spin-off series series. Right. Uh another is Duncan Egg. I think we were talking about the other day. The Tales of Duncan Egg takes place about 100 years before the events of Game of Thrones, which is also before Robert's Rebellion. I think that's removed enough but still familiar. That to me that's the sweet spot. Mm. The Duncan Egg stories. And you already have the su- subject material because he's written, George Martin has written all the novellas. Right. So you have something to go off of. I think that, that just makes the most logical sense for a pre- yeah, And series. we don't even know if that's how far along if it is in development at all. So I mean it just there's a lot of <clears throat> The longer it takes for them to to come up with a series and get it on a screen, the more the more difficult it's going to be to to bring people back. Right. So you really need to get this out sooner than later. I mean, you kind of already lost kind of that kind of the the prime time a couple of years, and people start people don't talk about the final season at all, even though the journey was like huge, right? Right. So it's like you need to you have a couple of things you have to overcome. You have to fix some of the 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 the, the goodwill you burnt. With this, with season seven, and eight. and then pitch them or season eight, sorry, and then pitch them on um, a new one. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> Jeremy, any thoughts on on Game of Thrones here? No, and I don't know who Duncan Egg is. But <laughs> it sounds stupid. <laughs> it, you're right; it does sound stupid. I'll give I'll give you that. Uh, HBO. Speaking of The Last of Us, their series will be directed by the indie darling Katimir Balagov who directed Beanpole, uh, which is a film that came out recently. Jeremy, I feel like you've been came, paying a little bit more close to this. Are you familiar with with this? Is this good news? With No, I'm not, actually. No? Okay, so I don't, I, basically all I know is that this is a director that was like handpicked for this project, um, and people seem to be excited about it. So, um, you know, we don't have Beanpole as reference. Like, I've never, yeah, we've never seen that. it. So it doesn't have the most exciting name for a movie, but um, I think... Um, people are saying it's good. Um, was is, apparently Beanpole is very successful at Cannes, I think. So I think the the pedigree of the show seems to be they just add more talented people over cool. and over again. Yeah, all for it. 
Okay. Um, very important story. Production has begun on Ted Lasso season two. So this is very exciting. I know everyone's excited <laughs> great, about that. Great. Yeah. Check that off the list now, and move everyone on. Everyone needs to know. Uh, okay. Amazon's <laughs> Lord of the Rings series um, has an official synopsis. Dan, would you like to read the sure. official synopsis? <clears throat> Uh, Amazon Studios' forthcoming series brings to screens for the very first time the heroic legends of the fabled Second Age Middle-Earth's history. This epic drama is set thousands of years before the events of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and will take viewers back to an era in which great powers were forged, kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin, unlikely heroes were tested, hopes hung by the finest of threads, I'm choosing to pluralize that, and the greatest villain that ever uh, flowed from Tolkien's pen threatened to cover all the world in darkness. Ooh. Beginning in a time of relative peace, the series follows an ensemble cast of characters, on. both familiar and new, as they confront <laughs> the long-feared reemergence of evil to Middle-earth. That's... No. What? Mm. What? It's not really the reemergence. Well, it kind of is. Anyways. Uh, okay. From the darkest depths of the Misty Mountains to the majestic force of the elf capital of Linden to the breathtaking, breathtaking island kingdom of Numenor, the, the further, to the furthest reaches of the map, these kingdoms and characters will carve out legacies that live on long after they are gone. End quote. Cool. So. Awesome. Fucking awesome. Tell us why we should care. Well, I mean, it's all, it's all in it already. <laughs> it's all there. What do you mean? What do you mean? Why do we care about the Numenorians? You, you, you certainly are going to care about the Numenorians. <laughs> the, the Numenorians. Uh, <laughs> you are gonna, you're going to know the names of those Numenorians, Jeremy. Well, you're going to be friends okay. with them. They're going to be the main characters. But what of the show. is a Numenorian? Numenor, uh, Aragorn is a descendant of Numenor. Um, his, so they live a long time. They can live a long time. Yeah, so the, the Numenorians are granted uh, additional long life. So they live longer than regular people. Uh, you can kind of think of Numenorians as almost like half-elves. Um, their, their island was founded at They're the not end. considered men. Ha they are considered men. They are the men of the West, the Dunedain. Um, Duh, Jeremy, come on. <laughs> come on. Duh, the Dunedain. <laughs> Numenor was <laughs> founded by Elrond's brother. Elrond, you'll, you'll know as, as the father of Arwen Evansar from the movies, the, like the big elf in Rivendell, right? You will know that, yeah. Arwen's dad, what's yes. His, okay. his, what's his, his famous line? Sorry? What's his famous line uh, in those movies? He's got a million of them. Oh, the, the, the Isildur, Isildur. <laughs> Anyways, long story short, his ha his brother is the founder of Numenor. They were granted that they are half elves, so they're they're in their family. Um, their their bloodline comes from a mixture of elves and men. So Elrond and his brother Elros were given the option to be either men or elves. Elrond chose. When elves. do you decide this? They, it, it was at the end of the first age <laughs> after the, the they fought Melkor. Well, it's like a big, it's it's a like whole, a big reset. Like hey, you can be whatever you want no, now. Not even close. <laughs> but I'm not going to get into the, the whole why because there's a whole there's, there's a whole Silmarillion on that. <laughs> that yeah. Anyway, <laughs> which you should obviously be reading. The Numenorians. It's it's like. Um, this, is, this shouldn't be considered a spoiler. Uh, this is the Lord of the Rings um, Atlantis myth. Oh, okay. Uh, that, that, I really don't think that should be considered a spoiler. You should, be, you should go into the show knowing that. I don't know how it's going to happen or when. Do you, wait, hold on. Do you think people should go into the show knowing that? Do you think most people know that? And do you think that they sh they're better off knowing that going to the show? I feel like better off not knowing it, don't you think? Well, you know that Numenor's not a part of the Lord of the Rings. That's you know true. That it's, That's true. You know that at that point it's gone off the map. But you don't know why. You don't know why, and I'm not telling you why. Right. Okay. But you did. You did give us a hint when you said the Atlantis myth. Well, it's it's a it's a, a kingdom that disappears. Right. It, it's it's the same as Valyria in Game of Thrones. It's an ancient kingdom. The doom happened to Valyria. Mm -hmm. um, th there are other examples. It's just like uh, Atlantis is our 
our world's example of a great civilization that met some untimely fate. And we don't really know what, and there's a lot of mythology around it. Right. That's all it is. Numenor is similar. Um, there are Isildur and Elendil come to Middle Earth and eventually Sorry, Isildur, you know, <laughs> their line results in Aragorn. That's why the Numenorians are important. There's more to it than that. Um, I, it's hard to talk about this without spoiling anything, really. Is that, do you think that's going to be the case for the entire series? That you're not going to be able to talk without spoiling it? Certain parts, yeah, but that was Everyone's also the case for Game of Thrones. Everyone's going to forget about so. whatever he's saying. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, 100%. yes and no. I mean, like, there's some story structure stuff here that's just kind of like obvious, right? Like, I don't, it follow, It seems like it follows, from what we've talked about in the past, it seems like it follows a, a fairly like traditional um, story arc for this type of like lost empire story, I think. Seems like it to me. So I think I like you can so. kind of infer some things, but I mean, I'm not, I, I, I know some of the fate already based on conversations with Dan. Ultimately it's going to be about the characters, I think. So, yes. you know, who cares really? Um, I guess as Dan's going to be saying, like go into it knowing it's gone because who cares? Well, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's going to happen. Get used to it. Just enjoy the ride. It's the same as going into any sort of pre in yeah. going into Star Wars prequels. You know, you know, Ahsoka can't survive into the current timeline. Yeah, you think? <laughs> you well, think? Okay, maybe that's a bad example, but, but, you, but you know, um, well, you you knew Anakin had to turn into Darth Vader mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, entire time mm-hmm. throughout the prequel series. You knew. Oh boy, I wish it. But you, but you want to watch ha- it happen. Oh, sure, wish it had happened differently. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. You're yeah. gonna know about right. it in general. You have a general feeling, but it's still it's the journey. You know, you're yeah. still gonna enjoy it. I think a part of it is it, what it becomes is the prequel telling these prequel stories. Same thing with Harry Potter if they choose to do it that way. Is that like, um, because you know the stakes, you you create these expectations. In your head, well, there, there is, is no stakes. There's a distinction, though. Uh, there is technically stakes, but it's like, but you create expectations. You already have an idea of what these are supposed to be. It's the same problem that that people have when they adapt a book or whatever. Is that there's preconceived conceptions of what it's supposed to be, so it never lives up to you what you're expecting it to be, no matter how good it is. And and then sometimes you get people who are not familiar with the pro- the properties at all. They come in, they see the prequels for the first time, and they think it's great, right? Because they don't have anything to base that. They don't have sure, anything sure. To, to judge it off of, you know? Uh, so with it being a Lord of the Rings show, like I'm sure the expectations will be high and there will be um, expectations that aren't met for, mm-hmm. for the show. I think the distinction, though, between those two things is that there is subject material for this. There's, there are entire like volumes about this. Right. They have a lot. There are actual stories. They're not making up characters and making up a story. They are adapting so how, existing how, story. So how, how in-depth is this story? Is there like dialogue and stuff that they can, yeah, they oh, can yeah. pull from? Or yeah, like, 100%. And like every detail has been fleshed out or they have creative room to, to flush well, out I mean, details? There's, there's always room, but the story itself, by and large, is told within the books. Okay. I see. Um, not, take- not not to the same degree of detail as Lord of the Rings. Right. But it's still the the story, all of its bones How, are there. Like, is it like a generational tale? Like, is it, does it like skip large parts of time? Or is it like, is it feel, is it a story that feels naturally kind of uh, converted into like a series like yeah, this? Yeah, absolutely. It can easily be, be adapted. Okay. And like one to one, like you're like, you could, you could. N- maybe not exactly one to one, but close enough. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if that's the, I just like, I'm so curious about the, like the, the, like. I think most what I'm curious about most with this show is the design choices they make oh, when it comes to actually. Yeah. Well, no, but like, are they going to ape the 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 like the movie look, which is like very iconic at this point? Well, right? okay, so here's here's if I'm designing the show, this is how you would want to think about it, right? If you think about Minas Tirith 
in Gondor and the way like all the way um the Citadel guards uh, helmets look that kind of stuff sure that is Numenorean inspired like that area yeah, but how much different is that from the helmets that were, were it's, they were it's wearing night and day then. different from like the, the Rohirrim or anybody else in that world like when, when they when they get to Gondor you feel like you're in a completely different place right and that's because it has those Numenorean influences um I think you lean into that stuff uh the Numenoreans they they had their boats were all um they looked like wings they looked like swan wings their their helmets also often had wing imagery so like you, you lean into that kind of stuff I don't know it it has its own kind of unique look. It's not going to look like anywhere else in Middle Earth. Mm, okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Anything else you want to say about this series, Daniel or Jeremy? Jeremy. No. No. Okay. Dan, anything else you want to like off anything that jumps out of this? I guess this the, no, the synopsis. I mean, this is more or less what we what we were well, assuming yeah. it was mm-hmm. going to be. I mean, like for it to say from the darkest depths of the misty mountains to the majestic forests of the elf capital, Linden. I mean, I like that they're calling Linden out, I guess. Um, but that's not surprising. That's just naming places in middle earth. Well, it seems like it's going to be a more broad tale. Like it's going to be kind of globe trotting in its, in its storytelling, maybe a little bit. Well, yeah, because that's, that's the part that's interesting is that that's the part they're going to have to expand upon. Um, because largely the story that they're adapting takes place on and around Numenor and then partially in what becomes Gondor. But there's other stories of what the elves are up to that are kind of like slightly related, but not quite. Right. Uh, they're going to tie that all together a bit more cohesively, I'd assume. Okay. Well, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, they're, they're obviously, you know, full steam ahead of the show. It's going to be, I feel like. Here's, so, here's the challenges. Sorry to interrupt. I just realized this though. Uh, challenges, no hobbits. I'm sure they can bring hobbits in, but they. they right, but no one will give a shit about who they are. So they probably, no hobbits, um, no wizards, no Gandalf at this mm, point. That sucks. That's tough. I, I bet you they bring in a wizard. I bet you there's a wizard in there. No. Uh, yeah. No Nazgul. Um, yeah, but there's other scary stuff that they could do. Sure. It's it's at a weird time, though. This is at, like it says here, it's at a piece. It's at the end of the First Age, so the First Age ends, essentially, when Melkor is changed. It sounds like there's maybe some sort of phantom menace. Kind of. <laughs> almost, almost, yeah. <laughs> there's a big bad guy who, who's <laughs> yeah. in chains, mm-hmm, and then there's mm-hmm, another little mm-hmm, bad guy that, mm-hmm, that shows mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, it, but it's weird because you don't have... I guess you kind of have the same thing with Lord of the Rings, that the creeping evil, the, the evil is starting to, to reawaken in the world. Right. It, it actually, yeah, it kind of lines up nicely because they're both at the end of an age, which is at a, a time of relative peace. And then yeah, it's the end of the high Republic era, basically at the close to around when episode one starts. Yeah. And the Star Wars stuff kind of presents it as like the bureaucracy is the evil, <laughs> you know, is that was like, I think it's probably a little bit more like, on the nose probably in, in like, like this is it's evil, evil, like actual like skeletons and zombies and monsters kind of evil. No, no. Well, goblins, I guess. And yes, orcs, orcs and goblins and goblins and trolls will definitely be evil. I guess I was going, I went the wrong way with the fantasy that I went more than I wanted to go that way with fantasy. I started saying the wrong ones. (laughs) Werewolves. But what's, what's going to be interesting about this show. And I think, what's going to be successful about the show is going to be the political angle because this is a show about men in a world of fantasy creatures right. uh, of elves and dwarves and uh, goblins and orcs. The, the, have you seen that cop show about goblins and orcs and right? No, I, haven't. Right? So I think you'd like it. Maybe I would, <laughs> but I, I think the, the human aspect of, of this Lord of the Rings show is what probably is going to be the most interesting. Right. I, and the politics of the Numenorians. That's bold for of you to say, because the politics were arguably what people like least about the star Wars prequels. I was like, but you also, you, you gotta be fair. Those movies also spent a lot of time 
with politics, and it was pretty boring. Well, and it's also like, <laughs> it's easy to say that, but that doesn't mean politics isn't a bad word. No, right? no, no. Like, um, people love the politics in well, Game, Game of Thrones. Well, Game of Thrones, yeah, that's what... And, and this will be largely the same. The Numenorians is different houses of Numenor mm. vying for power sort of thing. Great. And then we'll have that Mandalore show. It'll be also about different there houses yep. vying for power. Hmm. It's, it's almost like everything that's been done has been done before and will be done again. Nothing new under the sun. Nothing new. All the stories have been told. Um, okay. So that covers most of the major stuff. Um, we can save some of the, the Lucasfilm games announcements. We can have an offshoot podcast. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do that um, in the next week or so. In the meantime, let's talk about WandaVision. Um, just to kind of keep up with what's going on, what's new. Sure. This is kind of a, a fresh story. The Harry Potter one was also fresh today. But uh, WandaVision um, happening now. One of the um, things that we were talking about earlier, Jeremy, really interesting. The, again, this kind of meta story that's been fascinating me since the beginning of of the streaming stuff is this the way that they release their episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't think I still don't think Disney Plus has it right. This idea of releasing it at midnight Pacific is stupid. I don't think that it doesn't help like create a community around that. But whatever, we can't wrap back to that. But Marvel Studios specifically spoke to this, Feige spoke to this idea about uh, a week-to-week uh, release method. And they basically, he basically said that he, he sees the films as their, that's their event uh, movies, right? right? You go out to see them. These are event movies. They wanted the shows to be the same thing. It's, an, it's event watching. And that means the same, you know, the same day every week. And it creates an event over multiple weeks instead of you know, over a weekend. And then we've and we've talked about this. I don't want to talk to beat this to death, but I think we all agree here that the weekly release method is the superior method. At this, I think we can at this point can mostly agree on that. I think, yes, no. Well, I mean, for, can confirm for the way that for the way that we consume this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I can certainly understand why other people would prefer to binge. Though there's a lot of people that again, one division, another example. Um, the boys, another example from earlier this or you know late last year, people. Some people really hate the week to week method. They want to binge their TV. Well, it's true. I, I I know people like a decent amount of people that choose to wait until the season is over and then binge the entire thing. This is what I always tell the people who don't like this method. It's like you can do that. You just have to wait till the, you just your release date is now at the end of when all the conversations over. But like you know, the the binge method creates no conversation because I can't talk to you about where you like how far are you in. Like right. you know, you can start losing. Um, differentiation between which episode is which. This happened when we were reviewing like the Iron Fists and the sure. um, Daredevils and stuff. It's like, we're like, yeah, it was good about three, you know, the first four episodes were good and there was some good stuff in there and then, you know, the, the next three were okay and whatever, but we didn't, we couldn't identify one and we don't remember the episode titles um, and and I think, I think Disney is hyper aware of the conversation that goes on around their products online and whatever. And they want to maximize it. It is ultimately comes down to a dollar thing. Sure. It also keeps people subscribed for longer, right? Um, you know, honestly, Netflix is kind of like the, the 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 kind of the only one who's kind of still championing the binge model, <laughs> you know. Um, but we've mentioned before this like hybrid model of releasing multiple episodes at once at the beginning mm-hmm. and then going week to week is, I think, the sweet spot. But anyway, that's a kind of again the meta conversation. Around WandaVision specifically, we're three episodes in. Let's talk full spoilers because the show needs it. Not that there's a lot to talk about, but maybe to speculate about. I'll just ask you guys first, what are your guys' overall impressions? Are you liking the show? I know that's gotten some, you know, mixed messaging or mixed reception out there. Jeremy? 
Uh, I've seen just the first two episodes. Uh, I know it, it changes, I guess, a little bit in the, the third episode. But, uh, yeah, I understand the what people are saying, how it's kind of an uh, unsuspecting and it's treated, you know, like a, like a comedy show or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, a sitcom. And, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, like I'm I'm not like over the moon about it or anything like that. I think it's it's interesting. It's cool seeing these characters uh interact and act this way uh i get that there's like this you know this overarching mystery and we get clues and and little bits and pieces here and there so that's kind of interesting but um yeah i just gotta watch it maybe maybe one or one or two episodes to really really know how i feel about it i guess the third episode i think that i think if you're not into it by the third episode i don't think you're into it is is my opinion i'd agree with that um so we'll talk about it without discussing the third episode, but I, I would say that I am over the moon about this show. I'm really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I love I love the mystery, like you, like you mentioned, Jeremy. Um, I guess part of it is, though, with like having familiarity with the comics really helps in this situation. Yeah, it does. If, I, if somebody just is familiar with the Marvel movies, I can see them being lost as well, frustrated. Especially if you thing. only like the Marvel movies, maybe you're younger and have never seen these sitcoms that the show is based off of. Or that, yeah. Right? This is like, this might be completely like alien to some like to a younger a younger audience like what even is this because it takes the like the 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 bit of like this is a, a quote-unquote um yeah you know sitcom it goes 100 percent with it right right the first episode is called filmed in front of a live studio audience um the first the first two didn't have titles when they were first released but they are they do have them now and like it was actually filmed in front of a live right. studio audience and then laugh tracks were added, added to the second and third episodes um, kind of like as as it went on in time, but like they take the sh- the the shtick so serious, I love it. I just like I'm so into this kind of vibe that they're putting off here. I can get why you might be frustrated that you have to wait a week for a 22 minute episode, but like, hey man, that was what was that was what the deal. A, a 22 <laughs> minute episode with eight minutes of credits. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, been noted. Like, sure, I guess, but 22 minute episode is the length of a half an hour with commercials, right? Yeah, no. It, so. I think that, and that, that's what they're going for, right? It's, it's, well, yeah, it's supposed to mirror a sitcom, right? Right. So if you had a longer than 22 minutes, it would be kind of like you're now stretching the, the but yeah. they already are. It does, I, I don't want to nitpick. I think the, the, the runtime is going to extend as we get later into the series. But, um, I just, I think it's hilarious. Like, I think the show's very funny. Like, and the, 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 the chemistry between, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany is like, palpable like you can cut it with a knife it's so good does that little knife mean it's thick i guess yeah. but if you can cut it with it means it's there too so it's i go like palpable you know. means it's like tangible yeah like. yeah so anyway um i i'm really digging it uh like is there anything specific that's like that you're not that you're not liking because i'm liking the mysteries as well by the way yeah i just have nothing i have no like care in in kind of what's going on i yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Right, it hasn't hooked you yet. So I guess it's speculation for not you know not spoiling the show, but spoilers for what the show could be setting up. Um, so if you don't want to know that, skip ahead. But we don't we don't know anything obviously. But it seems to me we've been talking about this for a long time, for basically since Wanda was announced and the X Men and Fox was acquired. Um, well, maybe not that far back when Fox was acquired. Yeah, around there. We talked about. Um, the possibility of the reverse house of M, you know, using Wanda to create the mutants instead of erase them. It really seems like they're setting up Wanda to be of her own villain, like her own worst enemy in this specific case. She seems to be more aware, I think, than people, than she maybe lets on. 
Um, there's a specific moment in the third episode that is very similar to the rewind moment from the second episode. Right. Um, that I think is really creepy. People have used Lynchian to describe it in certain cases. I think there's certain moments that definitely feel like like that. Um, it's creepy, but there's 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 substance there. There's something that's there that's trying to be said. It's more than just recreating a sitcom. Um, there's there's like just the trapping itself has its own kind of message, and you can kind of start yeah. parsing it. You know, um, it's really interesting. And then the, obviously the the inclusion of sword is kind of where things get even more kind of like back to the MCU, I think. Yeah, no, it's it's hard to talk about the show um, because it, it's so, it's such a novel concept. It's a show within a show within a show sort of thing. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I, I do agree with you though. It, it does seem like Wanda is being more deliberate than in House of M, but you have to remember also House of M is, is her at the end of that journey, right? Like she's lost it at that point and she no longer has control, whereas she started with control. Her powers are the powers to alter reality, and that's a, a very broad brush, right? Right, and they've never really dove deep into her abilities in the movies. Like it was always just like wave yes. her red hands and stuff happens. It's or whatever. basically telekinesis, yeah. but then it also in uh, Age of Ultron, right. she got in their heads, right? Yeah, that's as far as it's gone, really. Yeah, um, but they've they've hinted at it, right? Like she overpowers Vision in in Civil War. She's right? really she's crucial in um to stopping thanos she almost kills thanos yeah. in endgame right yeah. so that's when rain fire happens right so like they've hinted at it and that's one of the things that's the, the subtle hints uh, at wanda's power that's one of the things i like about the show is the subtlety um like there's little things you'll notice the laugh track doesn't like sync up properly sometimes yeah like they're the audience laughs at a point where they shouldn't be and it's weird for the characters and it's so subtle it's so small and i think right. it's, it's a gradual thing i don't think it happens a lot in the first episode and it gradually happens in the second the way that they play with the aspect ratio is really fun too. Yep. Like just, just the the reason, the way that this becomes the first Marvel, t- like true Marvel TV show, is really cool because like they're using also TV as the medium to mm-hmm. kind of play with. So I think there's kind of some fun meta ness to that too. But they just really do a really f- cool job of of using the the tools at their disposal, the aspect ratio, the types of lenses they use that to like to create this feeling. And then when there's those when those things are broken it becomes that more obvious and it becomes, and you can start, you can start seeing through kind of the, the gaps, right? Because there, there are gaps and like, even in the first episode and he's like, what it is exactly that we do here, you know, like yeah. at his job, like it's like, it's played for laughs and it's all fits kind of that like perfect um, sitcom humor that it, I think it makes the show very funny, but um, it, it's, it's asking questions that you as an audience are like, yeah, like, why how is vision even here right you know like that's I feel like that's the biggest thing that people aren't even talking about like is he how w- did Wanda just recreate vision out of with with her powers and if so what does that mean like there's so many i think there's there's a lot of kind of like unanswered questions obviously there's the, this is the first show in a while that's been one of those kind of like community fan mm. like picking apart find the mysteries i i that's the week to week stuff that gets me going i love it i love the speculation what's going on what does this mean what is what is the you know what is the 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 significance of like the red helicopter and the red deep bleeping like blinking light is it just that she's you know she's called scarlet witch like is it more than that sometimes it's just it's just that (laughs) you know um i I really like the commercials we haven't talked about the commercials Commercials are hilarious yes yeah um and how they're retelling kind of her story like as a as a as a character they're just kind of winking at things like 
they're 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 yeah they're they're referencing moments in her mm-hmm. past or just just moments in MCU history, right. I guess. Well, I guess in her specifically, I think mostly. So far, so far, yeah. it's only two episodes, so we can't really. Well, yeah, we don't mention the third one, but um, suffice to say, they, they they I think they follow a similar trend, right? Yeah. Um, they do all feature the same people too, which is interesting. Um, there's speculation that those are maybe her parents, but people don't know. We don't know. There's no answers to that. Um, can't be. Magneto hasn't been introduced yet. See, I don't. I feel like that's really hard. And like, if, if we're talking about the X Men, and if 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 she's able to bring the X Men into it, I think losing. So there's been two ways you can that people have talked about it. You talked about the X Men as like a new phenomenon, and mutations are new, and that mm-hmm. they haven't been around for a long time, right? Um, like they were in in the X Men comic, right. you know, World War Two stuff sure, like that. Sure. I think losing the World War Two stuff really hurts. Like like having that history, then they'd be able to kind of to play off of the Holocaust and, 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 and that kind of stuff. Um, doesn't, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to say. I just think it, it's such a strong element, especially Magneto's character specifically that it to remove that is like, I don't even know. First of all, I don't know how you introduce Magneto with the existence of, of Wanda and Pietro and then, and, and make that make sense. I don't know. I honestly don't know how you do that, but even if you could, Removing a major part of his history, of that character's history, I think it's one of those things that's important. I don't know if you can remove that element of, of from Magneto and still have sure, the, the no, same character. Well, it's not the same character uh, with without that backstory. But I mean, like it's it's Scarlet Witch. Her powers are uh, reality altering. There are no wrong answers. She could make <sighs> the suppose. reality whatever she wants. Like she could create a new reality where she and Pietro were, and Pietro could come back for all. For, for oh, that. he's for sure coming back. So and and Magneto <laughs> could be their father, and they could be actually mutants in this world instead of yeah. having these superpowers. And it would it, she would just create a, in the the world that we're familiar with from the comics, but entirely new to the MCU. I don't think it's going to be exactly that. I'm yeah. saying she could. I mean, yeah, you could. That's true. I'm trying to think of it in this constraints of like, how do you sell that to the audience? How do you how do you Pitch that to the the everyday Marvel fan. Well, you know? Ask me at the end of WandaVision. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, Jeremy, is there anything that's like really sticking out to you in WandaVision that's like, obviously you haven't seen the third episode, so that hasn't like engaged you in the same way, but is there something that like, that is sticking out to you as something that's like, I want to come back for that? Not really. <laughs> okay. Not See yet. that? And that, I think that's a sentiment that like there's a, I don't know, decent chunk of people online that seem to be having that same feeling. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't. No, I, I, I get the setup and I, 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 I just, I land on the side of like, I, like, I kind of understand what they're doing. So it's, it doesn't, it doesn't seem interesting to me, even though they're, they're trying to lay out clues. Like, I just don't care to do like the work to like <laughs> to piece think things about together it. because yeah. I just, I just don't like, why am I caring about, what's going on here do, like do you care about wanda obviously and characters, i guess like that's the first thing if you care about them as characters it, you can be more invested i think if you don't if oh for sure you, and i understand yeah. that it's it's heavily taken from the the recent comic from tom king who which was a very refreshing right. uh take on the whole thing which they're clearly doing here and i think it's 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 grasping a lot of people mm-hmm. i don't know yeah i mean like it, i i Coming from someone who's like, I don't have a particular fondness for fifties or sixties or seventies sitcoms. Um, you know, I know the sitcom formula because mm. we've, there's modern interpretations of it. You know, um, I'm sure there'll be a Friends esque style episode or Seinfeld, whatever, in this series. But like, and it'll feel a lot closer to what 
we know of this of of the sitcom thing, but I'm appreciating it for what they're doing without having like the nostalgia for those for those shows, yeah. you know? Um and like I don't think you need I don't think you need the nostalgia. I just think it's like it's fun to know that they're taking care to recreate this stuff and like that's all you need to know, I feel like. Well, it's all all you need. I'm sure it adds to it. I'm sure if yeah. you have that nostalgia and you watch those shows, it only adds to what you're experiencing there. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's necessary. For, I mean, that's just us. Like we're we're young enough that we didn't watch those shows, so it's hard to say. Yeah, I guess I suppose. I but at the same time, we we still have like that's what I mean. Like, there's a younger version of us that out there that does like yeah. I don't I, I, they don't this doesn't do anything for them, right? I mean, the kind of week to week format of of sitcoms where you know there's really only a few th- threads that are like playing from week to week that you can play off of here, yeah. right? That's very not modern television, right? Modern TV is like super serialized. This is serialized, but in an, in a not obvious way. It's, it, I don't know. It's, it is hard to talk about. Yeah. You know, it, it like, it's not, but it is, but it isn't, you know? Okay. Anyway, that's, uh, that's WandaVision. Any other final thoughts on, on that? Yeah. Keep it coming. That's yeah. all I can I'm say. I'm excited for it. Just seriously, just like, Change the release time from Thursday at midnight to like Friday at like 8 p.m. And then now everyone can come together and watch the show at the same time. This is like, this is not a bold statement. I don't like people. HBO has been doing this on Sunday nights for literally decades. (laughs) You know, like it's not it's not a crazy idea to say, hey, Game of Thrones comes on at 10 o'clock on Sunday. Everyone got together to watch Game of Thrones. Right. People if people are loving The Mandalorian. Have them all get together. You could even probably steal Sundays from HBOs if you if if you really wanted Maybe. to. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> you know. So I just think a missed opportunity. Maybe they have a kind of like an unspoken agreement. Be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. HBOs for Sundays for HBO. Back off. You know. Um, okay. I think that covers it. Is there anything that I didn't touch on there, guys? That you guys wanted me to co- to cover today? I don't think so. Yeah, it's been cold I don't out. Think so. It's been, it's been a little cold. Our dishwasher's not working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, nice. it does. It really does. It does. Uh, okay. Follow us on Twitter at TowerBabbleCast, Facebook.com slash TowerBabbleCast. Um, head over to our website, TowerBabble.ca to find everything that we do. We record these live. You can you can subscribe on YouTube, on Twitch. Um, Periscope is going away, but it's just being blended into Twitter. So it'll just be... A, just follow us on Twitter and you're covered. Um, and, and and come join the, the chat. It's always fun to chat with people during the show. Uh, we, and we, we do it irregularly, which makes it hard to do. But if you follow, if you follow us on Twitter, you usually get enough heads, uh, you know, heads up that you can maybe find some time. Um, and I know everyone's global, so it doesn't always work. But we try. Um, anyway, the other thing is head over to patreon.com slash because that's how you help support the show. Dan, what are we doing for... Actually, you know what? No, not Dan. Jeremy, Jeremy, what are we doing for our film club episode this month? We're watching a film. Yeah, but which <laughs> film are we watching? <laughs> the The Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. Okay, well, this is a movie that we've been talking about for a long time. Um, why should people be excited to watch The Rocketeer? Uh, well, it's a uh, pretty old movie um came out in you're not doing a job you're uh, not doing a job i want to i want to watch uh, the movie but it's uh it's just a fun fun mm-hmm. movie about uh uh you know someone discovering a jetpack right and uh adventure unfolds from there okay okay well that is exclusive to our patreon subscribers and we do a film club every month uh last month we did train spotting and tell you what good that's a good movie 
<laughs> it turns movie. out it's a good movie. Uh, we really like talking about that. So uh, you can find all of our our, our backlog of uh, Film Club episodes if you subscribe to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Tower Biblecast. Anyway, if you're still listening, we appreciate you sticking around this long. And uh, we will be back soon with more Tower Bible. See ya. Thank you.